coming up next on HLTV Confirmed. If every rookie in North America right now was working like OC, we would have so many good players. But the fact is, just people don't work like him. And I, I'm really happy to have a teammate like him right now because I think that not only does he work really hard, but he's... I don't want to sound like a nerd, but like he's eloquent with like his speech of how he wants to like communicate. Mm. And uh, I, I think that he's had really good communication skills as well. Um, and he's been playing pretty well, like in, in practice. And I, I expect him to be like a, a really good player, top 20 this year. Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4, their fourth generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify. No regrets guaranteed want to change your loadout get new skins or maybe cash out bitskins.com the best skin site just log in with your steam account add your dream skins to your cart and pay with crypto credit card or paypal through our providers need some cash we got you just list your skins enter your desired price and withdraw instantly with crypto or directly to your visa credit card bitskins.com Buying and selling skins. Simple, fast, and easy. Twenty ninth of March, twenty twenty two. HLTV confirmed episode eleven of season six. Couple of things: one, we need a new intro. Two, a couple of you out there are pretty mindful and only notice that we have two sponsors. There's more sponsors coming. That one right there is a little Easter egg for some of you playing at home. And three, the sponsors that we do have right now: Extra Fine Bitskins, massive big love hearts. XQC L's in the chat for them. Get your peripherals. Get your bloody skins. Check them out. All right, we've got the housekeeping done and dusted. And if you want to go audio only, head over to anchor.fm slash HLTV, Spotify, you got your Apple podcast, you got your Google podcast and many, many more. All right, guys. They're becoming, becoming actually good at these like <laughs> sponsor roles and everything. It's like an absolute professional for the reads. It's crazy. Like eventually, you know, you'll get good at something if you try enough. So uh, it, look, I, it's taken me a while. We've only done a million episodes of this. Uh, how's the skateboard going? Uh, the, the ass still hurts quite genuinely. Then I lay down, it, it's, it hurts. And I was just showing you guys, my hand has basically healed everybody at home. Wait, hold up. There you go. It's just a bit of a scab now. Uh, it's not too bad. It's not too bad right now. Now there'd be like a graphic images warning to, the, to this. That'll be fine. Everybody <laughs> will be fine. Now, look, I have everybody here. I want to do a quick intro. Striker and prof, you guys have already said hi. Just give everybody a wave. Perfect. And Lucas, you're here too. Is everything currently okay in the production room? I, I, I hope, I guess. Okay. Good. <laughs> now, boys, we've obviously got Elise here as a guest. Everybody can see him. Elise, thank you for joining us. Now, Elise, we have a very important topic to discuss tonight, mate, before we roll the bumper, we get into the hot seat and everything. Was Will Smith in the right or wrong with slapping Chris Rock in the face? This is the hot <laughs> topic. Everybody wants to know, mate. Where do you land on this? I mean, he's definitely in the wrong. I mean, he, he literally was laughing right before. Like, he, he started, I mean, went up and did that. So he's obviously in the wrong. 
He just probably realized that his wife was unhappy and he felt like he needed to do something. But physical violence is never the answer. You can just talk to him after the show. Don't ruin it for everyone else. Tell him it wasn't cool. I think it, I think most people shouldn't have that opinion. All right, guys, uh, we're going to ship that. Send it to TMZ. Let's get it. Let, we've done with the show's done. That's everybody <laughs> came here to find out because when I woke up that morning after the Oscars, I don't even know the fucking Oscars was on. That was all over the Twitter sphere. I was like, what? The- oh, my God. He's got boba, everybody. Alicia, how much did the boba cost? Because I got a gin and tonic that cost me 18 euros, 50 cents. Oh, my one God. Drink. Uh, I actually have no idea what it is. I think it might be four or five euros. Managers, Joker Steve got it for us. So you got the better end of the deal, I think, mate. All yeah, right. He's the MVP. All right. All right. All right. Now, uh, just quickly before we do get into the hot seat, I thought you guys were going home. You want to tell everybody where you are right now, what you guys are getting up to? Yeah. So right now we're in the Netherlands. Uh, we were pretty much planning to be gone until April 18th. Um, it's, I mean, it's not really possible for us to be going home in between like European events when there's only like five days in between. So um, it's pretty nice that we have like the facilities here in Utrecht, the Netherlands, where we can have like the lull time here because it's just not possible to do like the jet lag back and forth. Um, and it's it's going to like make us sure that we're pretty prepared going to the playoffs next week. Okay, awesome. Boys, uh, let's roll the bumper. Let's get into the hot seat and then we'll get stuck into things with a leash. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have lots of things to go over tonight with Elysian and Liquid and everything that's happened in recent times. So I'm going to handball this one over. I'm going to handball this one over to Prof. Prof, do you want to get us started here tonight? Kind of send us down memory lane, get things okay. kicking along with the opening. You give, okay. get, get us started. Where, where did I? What did I write? Major and final events of 2021. I think yeah. Um, I guess I guess we start kind of with the major because that's that event and how it goes just kind of defines i guess what happens after and not just for you for every team essentially last year um in the end we saw just like gambit and heroic maybe keeping their lineups everyone else changed so just tell me about yeah just start with the with the kind of the post major vibe and going into the the silly season that we had uh, a couple of events that were still being played on land but everyone was essentially making changes and everyone knew you, you guys were making changes. What was the kind of vibe for you during that, that period? Um, well, I mean, there wasn't really that much that we could do since like the season was pretty much like set out for us and we weren't completely sure like what was going to be going on, um, after the major, uh, we knew that things probably wouldn't be staying the same, um, coming into the major. Um, but you know, it wasn't like confirmed or anything until like it actually happened and we got the results that. You know, obviously we didn't like and no one likes and we knew that things weren't going well. Um, so we were kind of like stuck in that spot where we can't really make a change. And we just had to, you know, tough it out and play out the last couple tournaments. Um, it's not like we were trying to hide anything. I don't think anyone should ex- like should have expected us to do that. Or I, I don't really think it was like that big of a deal that like we were pretty like open about it. Because I think being open about like the situation is is good. Um, just like for the fans of expectations of everyone. But yeah, I mean, I think that we just, you know, did what we could at that time. I like that you guys were open about it because like we, it's, as you mentioned, for everybody, it kind of set the expectations of, of of what Liquid was going through. And it was cool because it was like a no bullshit approach. It was like, yeah, we're having problems. This isn't working. This isn't working. And we knew changes were coming, but then you guys, it felt like once that was all out there, you guys started playing like a little bit better CS, even with that that roster. Did it feel like that was happening once it was all out there and the dirty laundry was was aired? Um, I don't, I mean, I think that it was just more like a carefree approach. Yeah, it's it's a little bit easier to play like when 
there's nothing really on the line anymore. And like, you know, that you're not going to be talking to the guy like in two months from now, like it's not like there's going to be like any bad blood where you have to try to fix something because, you know, when you're on a team and, you know, things are going to be changing, then it's a little easier to be carefree about it where it's like, okay, well, it's, you know, something messed up right now, but, you know, it doesn't really matter because he doesn't have to learn it for two months from now because we're not going to be teammates anymore. So I think that's probably like the approach that like everyone had. Was there like a... Um a final straw that broke the camel's back or was it like issues for a long time that you guys just tried to keep working through? Cause obviously, you know, with fallen there, he was there for a while. You obviously had Moses, then you had a drone come back. Like you can even go back into some of the more ancient history with, with twists and stuff. Right. Did it feel like it was just the, the can being kicked down the road with a lot of these problems? Um, yeah, I would say so. I don't really feel like there was like something that like broke it or anything. It was more of a, you know, it's, it was going on for a while and, we tried like a lot of different things to try to fix it going back and forth with switching like IGL leadership and uh, different solutions. Um, but I just think that it, it was, just wasn't going to work. Um, the team just didn't think it was going to work. And, you know, that's it just like happened after the major. I think most people just wanted to have something set for what they wanted to do and and move on. Mm. I, I remember that you I don't know where you said this. It might have been the top 20 interview or something along those lines where you were of the opinion that perhaps it was best to just stick with, you know, Fallen from the start and not have to, you know, go back and forth and just get used to whatever system he had in place, right? Mm. Do you feel like things would have been different now if that was that was going to happen? Well, truthfully, I don't really think it could have happened, even if I think that it would have been better. I just don't think, like, the ideologies of, like, how we wanted to play meshed up, like, at all. And it was just never going to work. Like, I just don't think like the play styles of like what people wanted to do um, was going to make that work, no matter if we just set something in stone. Maybe maybe there would have been changes earlier if, if that happens, just because everyone had been like, OK, this is what we're doing. And if this doesn't work, then on to the next one. But instead, we tried to just like mix and match to try to fix things like temporarily. Hmm. Do you have any any like specific examples of what you're talking about in terms of like, you know, what people didn't really mesh up in like what kind of, what kind of like whatever whatever it is if it's like calling style or positions that people played um well i guess if we want to talk about like positions like i don't really feel like there's like a positional thing that could have changed it so the problem was that grim wasn't like in his like normal positions and we tried to like accommodate a little bit later um putting him in like different roles but um i don't think that he was being like as active as like the team wanted, like in those roles. So then he ended up going to more like lurk type positions, um, like holding map control and then like being uh, in, in the pack, like for the ent or for the executes. Um, so I think that maybe we could have like fixed that a little bit sooner. Um, but in terms of calling style, I think that we just like weren't ever going to get on the same page of like what we think are like is the correct answer to like play like a certain way. Uh, it's kind of like hard to describe without having like really specific examples, like getting into the nitty gritty of it. But I'd say like just in general, that's what I would say. Mm. Okay. I know towards the, the tail end of that year when all the rumors were swelling around, right? We're like, oh, maybe Nitro's coming back or maybe Elise is going to Valorant. Were you genuinely considering going to Valorant? Um. Well, at that time, I I definitely wasn't like happy in the team as well. So like pretty much like how it was for me and like the last year and even like the tail end of uh, 2020, is I was feeling really stressed out from like the amount of travel that was going on. And um, like a recurring like theme for me is um, like see seeing if like things like are ever going to get better. Like it's kind of like hard. To, I'm trying to like, just think of it, but I guess infrastructure wise of 
when things were actually going to make a difference of a change. Because in 2018, 19, there was like a lot of travel. We're going like back and forth to all these different spots. And, you know, the player union and everything has been saying, hey, we're going to fix the travel, guys. We're going to fix the travel. You know, maybe it's not sustainable to be gone for 240 days a year. Maybe it's not. And, um, you know, when we had 2020 in that first beginning half of that, um, we had like a little bit of a taste of what it's like to be home for a little bit. And um, when we started traveling a bit, the schedules just were not getting any better or any easier for a long amount of time. And when you're gone for that long in a row, um, it, it got really mentally draining, like especially for me. And, you know, I met a lot of like good friends, like during that time when I was at home and able to actually interact with friends and, you know, having like that friend bondship. Um, and I met uh, my girlfriend at the time. And I was really worried about like, you know, ruining those like friend relationships, my girlfriend's like relationship, uh, just like being gone for so long. And I just really wanted to like have an answer of like, when is something, when is it actually going to be like more sustainable? Mm. And I feel like I never got like a clear answer for like how that can happen. So it was really like stressing me out for that reason. And um, I, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do for 2021. And it was like a really hard year for me because not having an answer is really difficult. Like, for me, I always felt, you know, it feels good for anyone to like be in control of like their own fates of like what they, uh, of what they are going to do and what they can do. And I felt like that whole year I wasn't like in control, like at all. And that was, that was really tough. Like where I didn't even know like what the direction is. Um, so, I mean, I would be lying if I was saying it wasn't on my mind, but it wasn't really like something serious. It was more like, is this the answer? Is it not the answer? I don't really think it is. So. I ended up just not doing it because I didn't think it was the answer. And when we were going to the major and like things were going to be happening after that, that was more when uh, I was getting like the more concrete answers of uh, when, like how things are going to be looking next year with the schedule and things looking a little bit more sustainable and then trying to like find, uh, you know, the team uh, that we could build that could, uh, you know, go somewhere. Hmm. Uh, didn't this also line up with you getting like some sort of a share in the organization or something like that? I remember that happened at some point before the major, I think. Am I right in saying that? Uh, yeah, that was being discussed beforehand. Um, but honestly, that has nothing to do with uh, like anything really. Like if I if I made any other decision, it just wouldn't have happened because you can't, you know, you can't have like shares of, of another team or anything like that. But uh, the thing that I would say about that as well is that they're just uh, very, um, they're just like, no, like what is it called normal stock shares like for example like that's like saying if i uh have like shares of google like class c shares of google that i'm a part owner i'm not going to put google owner in my twitter bio <laughs> right. like as if i have like some like voting board at the board of directors or something like that um so i mean i am just as uh vulnerable as everyone else if uh, i ever was removed the team wanted to remove me if i wanted to separate as well I mean, we definitely have things put in place where that can happen. Um, I'm not voting on things right now. Right. Uh, so I just wanted yeah. to get that out there. Right. I mean, the, the reason I ask is exactly because of that, right? Because I think a lot of people took it as you maybe not necessarily being safe, but maybe that was kind of like a move for the organization to show that you they're always going to build around you, you know, and you've always been kind of like a, the franchise player for them, you know, because you've been there for such a long time originally alongside nitro and then obviously in more recent not recent times not really so that that's kind of like where i was uh, where i was wanted to take it and, and, yeah. and seeing if that was ever the plan you know 
Um, no, it's, it's not really that like I'm like invulnerable or anything like that. Or I, I think it was just like a nice gesture um, from Liquid to be able to give me like that opportunity since I had been here for so long to, you know, feel part of like the organization more and uh, be able to benefit from like its growth since I have been here for a while and part of a lot of that growth. Um, so I, I thought that it was just a very nice gesture and uh, I appreciate a lot from from everyone at Liquid and I have enjoyed my stay here and that's why I've been here for so long because I think it is the best org uh, and I, I do like being here. So that's what uh, made me want to. Mm. Uh, oh, you were gonna say something, Prof? No, I mean, uh, maybe if, we, if we're continuing forward from this point, then the kind of your role in the team and then the reshuffle that's happening, that was where I was gonna take it. Um, yeah. We heard, we heard, everyone was talking about the nit Nitro comeback, um, you playing face it together for like two months before anything was announced. So was was it in, in part like your idea to bring him back or how, how did that uh, conversation start even? Um, I don't remember like exactly like what I said in the beginning, but pretty much it was just like after the major, I think that we were just trying to like figure out what to do. I was like asking him like what he thinks. We were just like playing like here and there. Um, we were like playing pugs. Um, and I, like you're asking like how, sorry, can you say the question again? Yeah. So essentially how did you and Nitro connect and how did Nitro end up like on a short list to, to come back to, to Liquid? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Nick and I have been like talking still, like ever since he went to hundred thieves, like still like here and there, I've been watching like his games. He's been watching like our games, like whenever he could see them. Um, so we're still like very supportive of each other. Like even when he was gone in balance, it was pretty much the only games that I would watch would be his just to see how he's doing and cheering on for him. And, um, yeah, after the major, I was just like describing the situation of everything and how it was going. And I think that just like the major kind of like rekindled, like, um, like his, his love for CS. And especially when I was talking to him about like the game, I think that he got really like intrigued from like how advanced like it's gotten in mm -hmm. the last like two years because things have just changed a lot. And uh, like you just have to be so much more of a complete player than you had to be, you know, two years ago even. Um, so I think that it, it was really cool. Um, and he he was really intrigued by it. And I think it just like kept on picking up from there and we just like kept on playing. And, you know, obviously after the major, we had to like talk about what rosters we want to do, like how we want to start things, who's going to be the IGL and stuff. So I think it was just natural for us to have like, um, to have like that discussion, like stem from that. And we just started building out from there. I, I think that uh, he made like, we'll talk about Nigel for a second here, but you look at the move he made during the COVID era. It seems like the best decision he possibly could have made. Like go yeah. to Valorant, spend time, you know, be, be there over there at 100 Thieves, have all the fun, like play this new game, have all the hype behind it, get to spend time with his family and everything, right? And then now that CS is back on land and everything's back, he's like, actually, you know what? I'm fucking going back and now I get to go back to Counter-Strike <laughs> when it's all no longer the online bullshit. Like he made a pretty good call. So um, getting to have him back in the team, right? You obviously had... Well, Liquid has had the most success with the two of you, right? Uh, well, you know, obviously we can talk about the old roster, but the, the pairing, right? So having him come back, how, how do, do you think he's back up to scratch already, or do you think he's still got a little way to go before he's, you know, back at a, back at a hundred percent, being able to compete uh, with with the best? Um, so I think that he still like has more learning to do. I think that he um, still has to get used to the game more and like getting used to uh, like the protocols and all the stuff that like the things that we need to find answers to. Uh, I think that he's already pretty decent. I would say about like 75% of the way there. Um, but I think that it's just 
unrealistic for anyone to think that like he's going to be gone for so long and in in four months he's going to be completely at 100 percent of his game like what he's capable of um but i don't think that we're that far off like as a team together and i think that he's getting a lot more comfortable especially with um how helpful shocks has been since joining the team like getting really concrete like ways that we're dealing with things and approaching like the learning of the team um i, I would say like he should probably be like 100 like another two three months but yeah okay now you, you bring up shocks there so this is probably a good point to to go into the other players so let's start with the re-signing of naf right so the, look the rumors were swirling around that maybe naf was going to go over towards eg because daps was there and we all know that naf and daps have like a, a pretty good relationship or whatnot but then he ended up re-signing with you guys and that's a that's a massive piece of, of this liquid puzzle right so when all the roster changes are happening are you kind of just sitting back and management's doing it all or are you like in the conversations like how did the whole naf situation go down um well pretty much with naf like that was um mainly all of december where we weren't really sure like what was going to happen um, I was involved in like the talks of like what we're gonna like what we're trying to do, what we're planning to do. Um, but like there wasn't really like much for me to do specifically like during that. It was pretty much just like waiting on answers and seeing like what what people are feeling and uh, you know how they felt like during it. Um, for NAF, it was pretty much during like the end of blast um, at that where he decided that he would stay. And I think for me, since it was a really tough year for me and uh, I wasn't like the best teammate as possible. Like, I think it was showing from my side that I am like going to be like working to be a better teammate and player and show that hey, it's not going to be like this for next year when we have like a new squad and it's going to be a lot better. And that those last couple tournaments was something I was trying to be like as good as possible that I could be and uh, showing like that first step. And I think that it has been showing like a lot of progress um, for this year. And I, I think that, uh, that, that was pretty much like a big part for me that I had to play in, in terms of that, like not showing or like if, if it was going to be like a bad, like last couple tournaments while we're not having fun, you probably wouldn't have wanted to stay pretty much. Okay. All right. Um, so then we've obviously got OC and we've got shocks into the mix. Now I think that OC makes the most sense for a North American author that North America has an author again now, right? With OC and uh, to get him in, in the team was there. Was there backups or was it like OC or we're fucked? Like was 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 the focus always to get him? Uh the main focus was OC like the whole entire time, pretty much. I, I forget even what we wanted to do if it wasn't if we weren't gonna get OC. Uh I mean, I think that we were seeing if we could get Monacy, but I mean that was like a sh shot in the dark pretty much. And like he was I think he was just going to G2 from from like a pretty early part of that. Mm -hmm. So I think it was pretty much Joe, uh, OC was like our main option, and I think he's been awesome so far. Yeah, boys, we got any questions about the shock situation? Because I want to ask why they didn't get Justin, but you know, maybe we got some serious, serious questions to well, ask here. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think the the shocks one is probably the one that as the community has been the most confused about, and I, I think I'm I'm in that camp as well, considering you know all the clashes that were potentially there with with NAF, especially you know. Um, so how did you even? get to him as an option and and why did you think it was a good idea yeah so how that happened was we pretty much had like me and nick and then we were looking for well well keith wasn't confirmed for like a while so we had to like keep like looking out for options since we had to like completely rebuild and uh the first person that uh like came up was we heard that shocks was uh going to be free and we thought that was going to be perfect pretty much because he was going to like be able to play like those lurk roles and you know after knowing him he would never be able to play like those like really passive lurker roles but at the time we were just like okay so he's probably like a more aggressive lurker that we can have 
And we also know that he's pretty uh, talkative and he can be like that type of player for us because it's not really possible to just have like a team of a bunch of quiet people. It's just not possible. Even just two is just not enough. You need like a good amount of leaders on the team that can step up. And um, as soon as we knew that like NAF was going to be on the team as well, it still worked out really well to have shocks because um, because he was going to like on a team, you're going to need like two people that play like lurk positions. One of them is always going to be like a more passive lurk. And that is pretty much NAF's style. And Shox's style is the more aggressive lurk. And he likes being, and knowing him now, he's actually way more aggressive than I actually knew, mm. <laughs> which is, works out perfectly for us. And um, we were thinking that he would be like a really good role for uh, what Stewie was going to be, uh, like what, what we would be missing from Stewie on the team. And I think that it's, it's been really good for us so far. I think that he's been a really good uh, like macro strategist like for our team. Um, and he's been pretty much like the second voice of the team. I'm pretty much like the third, like the helper. If like the first two guys, like can't figure it out, uh, figure out like a good, uh, solution for the round. And I think that he's been doing really, really well with that. And I think that a lot of people don't consider, um, like the dynamics of like, who's, who's the talkative, like leader, who's going to be like giving ideas, who's going to be like figuring out like the answers to like whatever the other team's defenses are, or, uh, Reaggression timings on CT stuff like that. I think something here because we have Heku obviously doing the sideline reporting here at EPL, right? So she's hanging out downstairs when when the games run, and she she reports to us in our little WhatsApp group about some of the things that was going on. And she was saying that Shox was doing a lot of talking. Was it handy to have that when you didn't have a, a Dren here, right? She she said that he was doing a lot of talking during some of your matches. Yeah, I think that he's been doing a really good job as like a like a emotional leader of the team, like making sure that we're all on the same page. Um, there was something that like he's been really helpful with um, before we even started like the EPL games where um, just getting us all on the same page of like our protocols and how we want to like identify ourselves as a team. Because if you think about like a lot of teams, like a lot of them have like a pretty good like identity, like Heroic is like a team, for example, that's really good at reaggression timings, right? Like on CT side, they are always really good at finding reaggressions. And if you contrast that with a team like Gambit on their CT side, their team that's completely okay with with not doing like reaggressions and just saving nades and like just timing the other team out. So we had like a really good talk for a couple of weeks about um, what type of team that we wanted to be and the time of the round, like how we wanted to be approaching a lot of the rounds, um, our solutions for different types of things. So I think that he's been really instrumental in getting us like all together on the same page as a team. And when we're playing in the games now, he's able to. Um, just be like, hey, this is the situation that we talked about. Let's try to find like info here. Let's try to go and oh, it's a four VX. Let's go into a three one or one three, whatever like the solution is that like we thought of. He's been really helpful with pointing that out. And it also really helps with everybody else as well. So uh, now that we're all on the same page, like anyone can pick it up. Like I can be, oh, this is the situation that we talked about. Let's go right into it. This is the protocol that we have for it. And same thing with everyone else. So I, I think that has been really, really helpful. Okay. Does he do pistol strats for you guys? Yeah, he is also doing our pistol strats and anti-ecos. <laughs> okay. Oh, because I heard I heard he was doing that for Vitality like way late into his stint with Vitality. Literally at the end, I heard that he was doing that. So yeah. I was curious if that's still still the case. Yeah. How's the English? Is he you know does does he miss a beat? Is there any sending or receiving info that you know he he misses out on? 
Um, I, th I don't really think that he has problems like understanding us so far. I think it's more like us understanding like his accent sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'd say French. like 95% of the time, like we're pretty good, but sometimes like he does like say some words where I actually have no idea like what he, he meant in that like moment, but in general, like it's been really good. And I think that he's only like improved like his understanding like a, a lot recently. Yeah. Okay. I think it must be good for him as well to play an international team after playing in French teams for such a long period of time. It's kind of refreshing. So it's always great to leave the French scene. I think. I think everyone, <laughs> I think NBK can uh, confirm that. Maybe not Even... for vitality at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, depend not as a player, not as a team. Okay. If you leave as a team, then it's then it's kind of different. Okay. How, how is the like? just talking generally how far along the way are you as liquid right now in terms of the development and kind of figuring out how you want to play fitting all of the pieces together because like you had a lot of time but then again there's a lot of travel not that much actual playing being in north america so how happy are you with that um well i would say that it's been a pretty good like last couple weeks before EPL, even though we were in NA, you'd expect that the practice was really bad. Um, I mean, the scrims definitely weren't that good, but um, we were more focusing like on ourselves and on like our solutions and protocols. And I, I felt really good about like that time and the practice that we had there. Um, I felt like we got more on page at a, after Katowice than we were like the month and a half before Katowice. So I think that was pretty good so far. I don't think that we're all the way there yet. We still have like a long way to go, but I don't really feel like we're that far away from winning championships. Like I could, I could definitely see us winning in the next, if I'm going to be conservative, I would say like three, four months, but I could see it happening in the next two months before like the player break happens. I think that uh, there's only some specific things that we're pretty struggling with right now. And I mean, I don't really care to say it too much, but like teams that are playing a little bit passive, where in this group mm. that we just had for EPL, we had a uh, Gambit and Movie Stars, and they actually are playing like a style that was really difficult for us to deal with, um, where the, you know they were saving nades, and you know where we have we don't really often play teams that play um, passive in that way, where they're going to be saving utility and give us all like the information we want, not having any fights, and. You know, people don't play like that in scrims, like a lot of the time, especially, you know, NNA, like we, we, we're just not going to have that. We're not going to have the protocols down for how we want to approach teams that play in that way, how we want to like play in those rounds. And if you're, it, it's just going to be really hard for us to find like the answer while the game's live like that. Mm. So I, it was really like const uh, constructive losses for us to be able to, you know, figure it out now, especially since uh, the games like didn't really matter um, after we qualified, but yeah, I don't. I don't really feel like we're that far away. There's just like a lot of th like a little like things like here and there how we want to like approach certain teams and their play styles, the answers that we want to give for them, and you know that's not going to be instant. Just because we know the answer, like we discussed, like how things are going to go, doesn't mean you instantly are going to be like perfect at it. So as soon as we get some reps in with that and uh, you know get more comfortable, I, th I think that we should definitely be able to like win tournaments in the next like three four months. But I would say for us right now in the next month, we should be expecting to get out of groups and making playoffs maybe making a top four should be like our, our big goals right now. Okay. We, we didn't talk a lot about OC just yet, right? And I think he was on everybody's uh, radar in terms of being one of the hottest prospects for North America. 
Um, in, in terms of having him in the team and, and comparing him to other Orpers that you have, have played with, right? You even had the period where Liquid was one of the best teams in the world. You didn't really have an Orper, right? Nitro was doing a bit more supportive. What's it like having a weapon like OC? Because we've seen what he was able to do like when, when he had JT as the in-game leader doing all this like crazy stuff in North America. You get, we're getting a little bit of that with you boys so far, but is it is it even more nuts in Prac? Is he going to really set the world on fire soon? Yeah, I think that Josh is going to be really good. Like, I think that he is going to be really, really good. I'm so happy, like, with uh, with him so far. I think that he's exactly, like, what we needed and wanted as, like, an opera and, like, as a player. Um, I think that he has a really good work ethic. Like, way, like, if every rookie in North America right now was working like OC, we would have so many good players. But the fact is, just people don't work like him. And I, I'm really happy to have a teammate like him right now because I think that not only does he work really hard, but he's, I don't want to sound like a nerd, but like he's eloquent with like his speech of how he wants to like communicate. Mm. And uh, I, I think that he's had really good communication skills as well. Um, and he's been playing pretty well, like in, in practice. And I, I expect him to be like a, a really good player, top 20 this year. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, there's a bold prediction, oh, right? You're not no that one down. Your little notebooks there, boys. Um, okay. So I guess do we want to do we want to talk about the, get into the blast and Katowice details here? Or do we just want to jump forward to recent stuff? Probably. We I'm can. We you. can do. Yeah, we can do the recent. We kind of talked about it right now. Yeah. Know, about yeah. How yeah, we can move into EPL. Yeah, so and you even even referenced the EPL just here a little bit, right? But like that. The uh, sorry. But well, I can call him Gambit here. It's okay. Uh, the, the Gambit game, right? Or the soon to be sold. Youngsters, there we go. Youngsters, that'll work. Youngsters, actually, um, not bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those th those lads, right? When they played against you in the final game, it didn't look like they were themselves. Well, they looked like they were possessed. They looked like they they didn't give a fuck. Like I don't know if you watched <laughs> that vod back, but they're just like wide swinging shit without flashes and stuff. I'm like, who who's this? Who's taking? Did it feel that way playing against them? Um, I I don't really think so. Like from my perspective, like on like well on the Dust Two game, like we we just got owned on our on our T side, but. I mean, they pretty much play like that. They they play like the style that they were playing for a bit. I just mm. feel like in our game, like their style against us was is just really hard for us to deal with specifically. Whereas in like the other games, like Godson like played really well against them. I think Godson just like has like a better uh, style against them, and they know like what to do better than us. But I didn't really feel like they were just like swinging on us and just like owning us. I feel like it was more like we didn't like know like good end round solutions for like dealing with what they're doing. Okay. All right. I, when I was watching it, I was like, this doesn't look... Because I just did a bunch of Gambit games the days before. And I was like, these guys look like timid bitches who are yeah. just here to not lose. It didn't look... And then when they played you guys, I was like, oh, they're here to fuck some shit up. Like, they, <laughs> they were just doing stuff that was out. Like, yeah, sure. We know, like, how good they can be. But they weren't playing like it in the rest of the group. And then I feel like, same thing as you were saying, oh, the games didn't matter so much. I felt like the pressure was off and maybe Groove, like, sat him in a corner or something and said, hey, boys, like, let's show that we can actually shoot people in the head. Because... It, to me, like it, it looked like they were playing different or more more confident Counter Strike, right? But regardless, like you look at your group that you just had here. We it, need to we need to address the yeah. Let me let me address it. Let me we need to. Everyone, all right, all right. Okay. I'm just gonna say I know that a lot of people didn't actually watch the game and they're just saying the score. <laughs> but dude, watch my POV, dude. That was the hardest game ever for my POV. I I didn't even get to shoot. I half the rounds. It was so hard. Like if you guys ever had a game where like you just you you just play and you know your team is popping out long and you're the cat guy, they get out long corner, and then the op just comes up and just ops you. Or another round, and then 
<laughs> Shoxi dies mid, the team goes out long, and then I'm holding the flank, I go back on Cat, and then Nafani flanks me instantly the second I look at Cat. Like, dude, it's one of those games. There's, no, I didn't even feel bad about it. So I think that it's kind of funny. <laughs> People think that they're trying to get into my head, but dude, I don't feel that bad about it at all. Like, that's one of those games where, dude, I just couldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, look, that was most of my games. So, uh, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I think that any day over, you know, a 19 16 loss where you had like 18 frags and yeah. 25 deaths and like whiffed one very important frag that lost you the game, essentially. Like, I take a 117 in a meaningless fucking game that literally meant maybe, maybe it will mean something. I don't know what the seating will be in the end. It's kind of semi random, but. Yeah. At that point when you're playing, it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it sucks to, like, have a game like that. And it's obviously, like, headlines, worst game ever. But honestly, <laughs> I felt way worse about other games, like, way harder before. Like, that game, like, really, I didn't, really, like, feel that bad about because I, like, if, if I went into that game and I, like, didn't do everything that I could have to win and I, you know, something was messed up, like, mentally, then it would have felt way worse. But mm. I felt like I was playing, like, what I should be. And I didn't really feel like I was, uh, you know, I just felt like I was getting owned. I just felt like I had no chance. Like those 2015 games where I'm, you know, where the the last ranked place NA team were coming to to like one of the tournaments, EPL in 2015, first round Fnatic, and then they're just owning us, dude. Like I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sometimes it's even it's even it's definitely better to lose 16-1 because at that point there's. There's Easy not like a single, about. yeah, exactly. There's not a single thing you can point to and say, yeah, I fucked up there. It's just like 15 things that probably happened in that game to you that you, you know, you could have or maybe could not have played differently. But at that point, it doesn't matter. You know, you just can't. Yeah. Do anything. <laughs> I, I want to pivot here for a second, boys, unless we get anything more about EPL we want to get into because, like, let's all be honest, it wasn't the hardest group in the world. But, you know, I think that. Uh, look, as far as I was concerned, I didn't know what to expect with your your team, John. Like, I'm watching. I, I have to do these little content pieces, and I got to talk about. It. I'm like, the, one of the questions is, what do Team Liquid need more of? I was like, time. Like, the roster just came together. They've got like two sick riflers in Elysia Nav, and then you've got OC. Like, like I watched you guys play. I was like, okay, like I can see, I can see the appeal of this now, right? Like, it's it's making mm -hmm. sense. It's all kind of coming together here a little bit. But um, I I wanted to. Where did I want to pivot? Oh, I wrote this down so I didn't forget. So, right, you're talking a lot about trying to to well, not travel less, but have more of a, a schedule that makes a bit more sense than 240 days away on the road or whatever it is a year, right? Um, do you think that it is possible, because you're such an experienced roster, the only player that isn't is OC, everybody else on the team is, is has a wealth of experience. Do you think it's possible with the roster you have now to to balance the practice in North America and get more out of it? Right. Or do you think that you you're gonna need to come over and do those lengthy boot camps in, in Europe? Because in terms of the competition there, unless Furia, yourself, EG, and even then, I'm starting to scratch the bottom of the barrel, right? Like complexity, you, you can't play the same fucking three teams every day of the week, right? So do you think it's possible or do you think that it's going to be one of these things where you, you're going to have to come and get up to scratch before like a major, for example? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, I actually was talking about this to Taco um, when we were having, I had a shuttle with him going back from like the airport to EPL. And mm. I actually think that it's pretty difficult right now because not, not only are there like a few amount of like top teams, like you're saying, but there's there, we're also not all in NA at the same time. Yeah. And that makes it very, very difficult. Like if we don't have everyone here at the same time, then we're going to get worse practice. And, um, you know, like I was saying before, like we're not going to be exposed to certain situations that we would be if we were in Europe. So, you know, before the major, we are planning to do a boot camp right before there. Um, 
I like for this event or uh, for EPL, sorry, we chose not to do a boot camp because they we would have just been gone for way too long. Like as it stands right now, not doing a boot camp before EPL, we're still going to be gone for a month straight. So, I mean, it's not like we're doing like a, an easy amount of travel, um, even being in NA for an okay amount for this uh, little section right now. Um, but yeah, I think that before big tournaments, we're definitely going to have to still be able to boot camp. Um, but one thing that I will say about practice in NA is I, I still think it's such like a wrong decision to uh, to not have to not like to not have like more of like the top any teams all there at the same time because if we if we're still having like a lot of teams like just like going to Europe all the time and like you know maybe two are gone and they're boot camping and then the other two are staying at home then you know we're just gonna have like the same situation where the top any teams are gonna be gone all the time the the growth in NA is gonna stay where it is and I mean you can see that like in other regions like as soon as like with a one team like uh. Let's just say like the, what should I say? Renegades guys, like when they went to NA, it's not like oh, like the Oceanic region got like a lot better because like they had like one good team, right? So we like, made you it worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to be able to have people that are there playing against them. They're getting exposed to different situations. Yeah. I mean, party astronauts came here and it was a, I mean, they had a stand in, of course, but they you know, still got fisted. It's going to be tough for them. They they don't have like these types of players that, and teams that they're playing against all the time. So they need to get exposed to that, and like they like they need to have like that drive to want to get better and and, and play against like these higher level opponents. So, what do you think about the, what is the solution there? Would you just have like EPL have one NA group and like three European ones? Like, is that maybe a move to having like all of the NA teams be actually in NA for a period of time? And I think. Like even the blast qualifier, I don't know, like for the, for the showdown, I don't really know the reason behind this, but essentially they did split it into like a European qualifier and North American qualifier. So I don't mm -hmm. know if, if the plan was to have the North American will actually be played in NA. I think it's not going to be now because of the RMRs and stuff, but yeah, is that kind of the, the route you see that could be the solution? So my opinion on it, and it, it is more difficult now because of the situation uh, with the war and it's harder to have tournaments in North America. And I know that like some things were being discussed about maybe not having some stuff um, because uh, the CIS teams wouldn't be able to come to NA. And we're seeing that now with IM Dallas with, you know, the reported news don't know if it's going to happen, if they're going to be able to travel or not. But in terms of like developing NA, like focusing on that, I would say that you need to have more tournaments in NA where teams want to get there and in their off days they're practicing against like the teams that are there um because i i feel like that's when players are able to like experience like those teams that they aren't able to most of the time like for example like we have to come to europe because you know one we want to get used to the jet lag and two because we want to you know play the better teams and maybe the inverse way of when we have more tournaments in na where they are coming to na and they want to get used to the jet lag, so they're not going to play poorly in their group. They're going to have three or four days before the tournament where they can play more of like the NA teams. Um, I don't really feel, I, I don't really know like what else there is like outside of that. Like I feel like we just need more options for them to have more practice against like the good teams. Mm. Right at this point, you have something in the. I'm I'm imagining this touches on you as well. You have something in the Louvre agreement, right? That you basically have to be in an A for certain periods or have to play a certain amount of practices or whatever. Um, yeah, I think there is something about like uh, how much like we have to play um, against like the tier two, tier three teams. But I think that it is just like very hard to 
do that as well because the top tier teams like from our perspective like we we need to be able to be really productive while we're at home in na so that means we're going to want to play against teams like complexity eg furia if possible like if they're there and um you know we we want to have good practice as well but we also want to expose like their tier two teams to and tier like just any like the teams under to be getting better as well so i feel like it's i don't know it's just got to be like a balance of you know how much we're able to play there and you know like chad was saying before there's not a lot of options for top tier teams so it's not like if there's four good NA teams, we're only going to be practicing against each other. We're going to be playing against like all the other teams as well. Like we've had um, a couple different teams that like have given us some decent practice there, and you know we just need more options really. Right. What if? But we you made don't it... have you don't have like a set time that you have to be there, right? Like you just have like you have to pick your times, but the it's not like all at the same time essentially. I think that it's still like being discussed of exactly like oh, how okay. it is. I think like uh, like Jokasiv would know better than me on that sure. like what exactly it is, but. I, I think it's more about like who we're playing right now, like well, what, like during certain weeks where it's possible, something right. like that. Okay. It, it would be, be like this would hurt the other regions, right? But at, right now, Europe is the strong region, right? And then you have everybody else. You can lump North America as like maybe a little bit higher, but then everybody else, right? There's so many Brazilian teams now and South American teams, like, and if you could, there's a bunch of them that for a period of time were always up there. We we, we always had Renegades over there for a period of time until they become a hundred thieves, and then that all evaporated, right? There's a good handful of Chinese teams, like the Vichys and Tyloos and Lin Vision, right? Imagine if we just had Europe and then North America was the rest, right? Like, imagine that. Like, that would that would actually be pretty good. You get the best from, like, everywhere else. You move them all over to North America. And then at least everybody, it's it's not the European caliber of teams, but it's everybody else still with with some good level of competition and, in, you know, adding, adding a good bit of uh, skill. But obviously, that's quite difficult to do, isn't it? So... I've been there before. Maybe people don't want to be away from uh, from home. But um, I had a question. Now, uh, this is your chance to have a little bit of a plug here, John, if you want. Now, uh, you're a co-owner of Refrag. Now, Refrag is a tool that I quite literally use every day. So do you want to talk to the viewers a bit about it? Because there's too many noobs out there who are just running around playing Mirage and Dust 2 and not <laughs> fucking practicing shit. Yeah, so refrag.gg is a really cool training tool that you could use um, it has a couple different things, and I think that one of the cool things is called Nader, and it is it is actually the best, most efficient way to find nades. And if you've never if you've never tried it or seen it, please look it up. I guarantee you, it will save you time and just just a lot of frustration for finding nades because of just like how easy it is. And I think that uh, there is like some more like things that we're trying to like figure out like how we can get more people like wanting to like figure out what is the best way to like learn like the utility that they need to and I, I'm really excited for like a lot of things that like uh, you know Casey has a lot of good ideas of uh, how we can do that but yeah I, I think that like people should be trying to figure out like the best ways that they should be you know supporting their teammates the needs that they want to throw like what they're used for and I, I think just like developing those tools with refrag has been uh, really awesome to see like the, the guys that are like actually doing the coding are just like geniuses so yeah I'm, it's really nice to have and you guys should definitely check it out i just want to say this to all the viewers out there who say why we just use y brackets free the two tool the tool th the two things are not even close to being fucking comparable just, just just one's free and one's good right that's 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 <laughs> the, that's, that's the difference. Y fine it's fine 
but the Those. shit you can do with refrag like i'm not even shilling right now i literally pay for it myself i think it's fucking sad uh, not everyone can afford it, an 18 euro gin and tonic like you that's yeah just, that's true. you're just right. people live in different right. environments right? that's fair enough well why don't we help some of those people at home out prof as i segue us into who wants to be a skinnyness? All right, the best you know this? Do you know our little game show we do here? I and do give not. you a quick run through. Okay, so every week with the guests, we do who wants to be a skinnyness. Now, it may or may not be similar to who wants to be a millionaire, but right now we have five quiz questions. Now, everybody in chat are starting to spam bitskins because they fucking know. Right, every question you get correct right now in who wants to be a skinnyness is going to move the little ticker up one little tab. And if you get all five correct, some lucky viewer at home typing bitskins in chat right now will win themselves the $50 prize, which uh, I, I believe Prof's telling me it's a knife. I don't know if it is a knife, but it's it's a skin value. I don't, value I don't know $50. anything. There's a, there's an oh, image boy. of a knife there. It should be. No, but also, like, if, if you get one wrong, you don't get eliminated. You just continue, like, until you do all five questions. This, this is definitely not my expertise, but I'm going to try. I also, have, I also did some pretty ridiculous questions. What's so, the theme oh, no. today, Prof? Uh, teammates. Teammates, okay. Can you link me the the quiz, please, Lucas, so that I can uh, get this thing underway for everybody playing. Please is sweating already. It's going right. to be the hardest hardest thing right here. I'm normally pretty nice, and I just like say we're going to give away the fifty dollars skin anyway, and it comes out of my bank balance. But uh, let's see how you we can, go here today. Uh, you can use your um, the other panelists here as as emotional support and maybe Strike some as tips. a lifeline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Occasionally, I I do put out some lifelines I've, i don't i never see the questions ahead of time by the way i don't know what they are so he's I'm, not cheating everybody uh, unless it's prof who's answering them which at which time i'm usually the one putting them together do i have to click on something or do i just like no. keep on i can do it for you you just tell me which one all right okay i'm gonna read it out for all our audio and the listeners at home but are you ready to go yep all right question number one what was oc's first lan where he competed with ben's anime team was it a iem katavitsa 2020 B, WASG 2018 finals, or C, Fragadelphia 11? Okay. I, this is hard. This is a hard question. What the fuck, prop? <laughs> I mean, I will tell you have 40 is. seconds as well. Okay, I'm, I'm, I think my heart is telling me the WASG one. I'm pretty, I think it's this. It's probably when he was on Singularity. Well, oh, it says Ben's anime. I'm going to go with WASG. Okay. Striker, can you assist here at all? I, I got no, no idea. idea. No idea. Let's go with it. No Let's clue. go with it. 2018 seem, seems reasonable. Correct answer is. Fragadelphia Dude, how 11. am I supposed to know that? I don't know. I mean, it's actually probably the hardest how, question we've how ever do you had. Go to WSG as Ben's anime team. Dude, that is, that is too I, much. I said it, I said it, but it's like classic Fragadelphia name. That's a Fragadelphia. So this is. is a trick question. I mean, it is. All right, is. let's see. If he gets the next four correct, so I'll use the Chad virtual bonus here. Okay. All right. Question number two. Surely it can't get harder than that. Who mm. was on Shox's team when he won the major in 2014? Was it A, Existence, B, Kiyoshima, or C, Kenny S? <laughs> oh, God. Now I would be really disappointed if I messed this one up. But I actually don't. I'm not really 100% sure. I, hmm. talk us I, know, your, I know this, but talk us through the, the logic. Ah, dude. Okay, I would probably say it's not Kiyoshima because I I just don't think it was. Ah, so it's Kenny S for existence for me. I can tell you it definitely wasn't existence. Well, then it's gotta be Kenny, right? But I need Striker to 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 help whittle this yeah. down. Well, <laughs> Kenny, I, I can tell you, Kenny can and tell the Sharks you. in 2014 was that when it happened. Stop trying but, to twist it here. I'm just I'm just saying 
the two best French players at the time. I'm just saying uh, they didn't play I'll together. I'll tell you, Kenny and Chalks didn't win a major together. Okay, so it's got to be Kiyoshima then. There you right, go. We're locking in, Kiyoshima. Kiyoshima. We're locking in, we're locking in Kiyoshima is now a oh. uh, RP streamer on uh, No Pixel, but that one's correct. And that one and was that was saved. All right. He's also a two-time major winner, actually. That's true. There's Not three too people, many people who are know two-time that. from France. And he lives in Malta. All right. Question number three. Do you say hi? Do you have coffee? Sometimes? We have never seen each other in Malta. Uh, Naf won his Such first small place. MVP at an event in Shanghai. What team was he playing for? I believe this is Renegades. Bang. That one there, I'm not even going to hesitate because you yeah. bang on. I think it was the only event that they ended up winning in a long time. Actually, it's probably one of the only events they ever won. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that one we've downed. All right, question number four. Coming up thick and fast here. On HLTV, Nitro recorded 1,322 maps with Liquid. Four maps with Denial and 20 with... I buy power. power. Ooh. Okay, you are we locking it 100%, in? Hundred percent, yeah. Hundred percent, yeah. Locking it in. That's an easy one. Correct answer is, I buy power. Okay, well, we got one more to go here. They've, I think they progressively gotten easier. Yeah, I wish. Probably, the, yeah. I wish that the first question was the last. I thought this was going to be so hard. All right, here we go. Question number five. The final question: How old is a Dren? Thirty-one. Oh, Prof, you are a fan. Hey, I don't mind. I don't mind. I couldn't do anything that game. Watch my POV. (laughs) 31, for sure. 31? Yep. Okay. Locking in 31. And the correct answer is 31. All right. So you got the last four correct. We're going to give him five. We're going to, Lucas, move it up. We're giving him five. We're giving him all five. The first one was bullshit. Yeah, that first question was bullshit, dude. That was bullshit. People right. don't know ben, Ben's anime team, like whole lore and legacy. It's I feel like abs- I've heard you actually talk good. about that team so many times. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Ben, ben was here. Ben Lee was here in, the, in person, in flesh, just a yeah. week ago. All did right. you ask him about the team? I didn't ask him about the team, but we did have a conversation. All right, Sneaky Turtle. About the anime? No, not about anime. Sneaky Turtle 23, following since uh, the 17th of June 2021, is the winner today. So, uh, Sneaky Turtle, you can thank Mr. Elige for your $50 skin. My people will reach out to your people, and you will get a skin at some point in the near future. Right now, we're rolling the ads. That will be our B. The X-Defy M42 RGB, what a fun mouse with five colorways, lightweight frame and just 59 grams with a swappable backplate to suit your grip style, the sensor, the easy cord, the smooth skates and driverless control for RGB and DPI is why you should check out the M42 RGB down below. Buy and sell your skins now. Easy, fast and safe. The best skin site credit card deposits and withdrawals, instant cash-out methods. Get the best deals. Quick, simple, reliable. Bitskins.com I think as the cool kids are saying these days, like, jibated. Is that what they're saying these days? The little Twitch emotes, and they're in the Twitch chat, and they're pog champing, and they're white people happy and shit. Tech W-ing. That's the one. <laughs> now, uh, we are back, and we're getting into the recent news. Now, as I was saying, online Counter-Strike. Lucas, bring up that link I just gave you. Boys, it's in TeamSpeak if you want to take a look for your little lonesome right there. But uh, all in all, what I am showing the people at home is uh, Pinnacle Cup 3 
Skade taking on Vitality, where I do believe that Vitality would have automatically been invited to the quarterfinals. Yes, yes. This is the only game uh, that they played. They took on Skade uh, after their disastrous exit from the group stage of EPL. And uh, they they lost in a 2-0 fashion. Um, now, look, I I was the I was the man who after they beat Outsiders and 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 they played some big boy Counter Strike, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's fucking go. And then they come and I guess this was kind of a tune up tournament, you know, just to to make sure that they were working on a couple of their bits and bobs uh, before the RMR, which is coming up very very shortly. And then they then they cop a two zero. Now, to be fair, the Bulgarians actually pretty fucking good like i'm not gonna lie about they just won the event if i'm not mistaken without dropping a map so yeah and and i like i remember when skade didn't have bubble and dreamer earlier they had a couple of other lads in the team and then that's when han uh was part of with the team with dreamer and Bubble. i thought there was two bulgarian teams going and then they kind of like merged the two of them i like dennis law on the orb when i got to see him playing i think it was the last rmr actually yeah Um, fiends right yeah. yeah, and I was like, okay, like this is they got some they got some players, and then they come through and, and they do this here. Now uh, I didn't watch the match. I don't know if anybody watched the match. Did anybody here watch the match? Raise I your watched. Hand now I watched the, some bits. All bits right, and well, tell bobs. us what bits you saw. Bits. I saw one bit where uh, uh, where Vitality won a three v three, killing all three enemies. Wow. Uh, had two That's kits. Quite a bit. Had two kits and didn't manage to defuse because the one guy that didn't have the kit was kind of sticking it, but then he wasn't sticking it. So that happened. I also just saw them just like lose duels and just like whiff and shit. So that was also weird. Uh, but I just had, I caught like half a, half a map or something. So I can't really have massive analysis on the game, but you know, Vitality losing to Skade, however good Skade is, is just like super bad to see. Well, let's put yeah. it this way. Is anybody worried for Vitality because of this loss? I mean, to a degree, just because of, like, you come into these tournaments not only to kind of, like, have some more officials and have, have things to test and stuff like that, but also to gain some confidence against teams you're supposed to beat, right? The problem is when you don't actually beat them and, and this happens, right? Like, you go out after one series, you don't really get to play much, you don't really get to try out much, so it doesn't really work out the way you're it was supposed to, right? So I think it is a bit worrying just because of that the confidence issue because Vitality are going to drop confidence really quickly after all these losses. So this is good then. So John, based on what Strike is saying and based on the result that Vitality had, do you, do you agree with that sentiment that's going to tank their confidence a bit or do you think they're just going to be like, ah, it's a wash, who gives a fuck? Nah, I don't think that they're going to like get too like in their own heads from it. Like, I mean, I, I'm not in their team. I have no idea, but I think that it just doesn't make sense. Like they know that they just made like a huge roster change. There's a whole like core that they had to that they had to like integrate into the team and have to figure out all these things, their map pool. And I think that it, it's it's fine. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a crappy result and obviously no one's happy with crappy results, but it's also like a process. Like they have to like learn a lot of things. They're competing in, in a language that they don't normally compete in. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, could be good, could be bad, as Joker Steve likes to say, but like, could be good, don't know, like, we'll see. <laughs> Do you think it's a good or a bad idea, like, based on the fact that before the RMR, they wouldn't have had any other events because they didn't make the playoffs of EPL? Do you think it's a good or a bad thing for a team to play these online cups and put themselves through this gauntlet? Uh, I think that it's good because honestly, it's so hard to really know like how good you are on a map until you play it in a match. Like for us, uh, we just played uh, Overpass for our first match. Like we've been practicing it for months, but like it's our first match on it. And uh, now we're going to have like better idea of like what we can do. And I was pretty happy that Gambit actually picked Overpass against us because now 
now we get to like have a good idea of what we should be fixing and working on. And it's probably the same thing for Vitality. Like until you actually play a, a match, like it's just different. Like the solutions, whatever you think is the right thing to do in that match is when you're going to call it. Whereas like if you were just practicing, maybe you just go with whatever you talked about. But during the match, it's like, oh, I think that this is the right answer. And then you do it. It doesn't work or it does work. And that's how you figure stuff out, really. Okay. Now, uh, I, I think this is probably one of these things that we've been talking about, Prof and Striker, on this show consistently about, you know, whether it's going to be a language barrier thing or if it's just going to take time. Do, we were pretty, well, I don't know if we, as a consensus or a collective, were pretty confident that they would hit the ground running or get off to things pretty early. But I know that that was the sentiment from some of us. Now, I don't remember who. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was Striker. Maybe it was Prof. We all talk <laughs> a lot. We all talk a lot, right? So it's hard to keep a finger on the pulse of what we're saying. But do we now reassess and do we think that, that maybe this is more long-term and we're not going to see them kind of simmer into activity until later in the year? Do we think they'll be ready for the major in time? What are we, what are we thinking? Cause I want us to be like relatively, well, we're not consistent. Cause like I said, I don't even fucking remember what we said. I'm sure somebody in chat will. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to call ourselves out. Uh, I was definitely hyped about this vitality roster. I thought, yeah, there are going to be issues, but they're also going to be, you know, they're going to be high peaks and they're going to be some, you know, big lows as well. But so far it's been like pretty consistent, just like pretty bad, just, just bad, just under underwhelming, super disappointing or under underwhelming. That was that they're like top and bottom essentially. So that's why this is kind of more worrying than it would be like if they had like a good pro league or good Katowice and then, you know, then one was bad. Then they had here another bad result, like an up and down. It's like, okay, whatever. But they're just not showing up uh, at all, essentially. And Zaiwu, mm -hmm. again, had a like a average game, 101 rating. That's also super worrying because, like, if there's one thing that we banked on, it's like, okay, maybe Zaiwu is not going to be super comfortable with English, but he's still going to be a star player at least. You know, he's going to be a 110 rating because super consistent. And maybe overall he is, but... You know, there's too many games where he doesn't really show up and it's like Magisk or Debris that's either save them or make it competitive, right? Yeah, I think that's the biggest problem. Like, I, I thought that just purely based on the based on the individualities that they had, they were always going to be com competitive. You know, whether there were going to be issues about, you know, maybe Apex and, and the Danish part of the, the team weren't going to match up, uh, match up on the way that they're supposed to play or maybe they're just going to figure out positions and stuff like that. We saw how they have approached a lot of the maps with you know splitting up the french and the danish part um and that was pretty obvious that was going to happen but i thought individuals would just bail them out you know out of especially like out of single series you know and that hasn't really happened too much and part of it is of course zaiwu part of it is just also them not being on at the same time a lot of the time like we saw dupree being pretty consistently on at the, at the beginning but now like zaiwu is not really on um for the past couple of series that they played Magic has been okay, but nothing amazing either. So I think that's that's also a part of it. I think they they just haven't really hit individual form either, and that could be stemming from team issues as well. But I I, I still thought that they'd be able to to get past that. They they put it out there though that things are pretty good in terms of the atmosphere in the team, right? Yeah. So if we take them at their word, then it just has to be what you were talking about, John, in terms of the process and getting through and and the understanding. I'm sure the language barrier plays a little bit, but I want to throw this one to you, Elise, for a moment here. So on the on the twelfth of the fourth in twenty twenty one, which is the twelfth of April uh, last year, that's when they added Kyojin to the roster. Um, but we knew that the team had was already done before the end of the year, right? So we, I guess, we could say that the org gave them. I'm going to be rough here. Let's say the org gave them with that roster they had six months. They've yeah. obviously changed things up. They've Until gone the major essentially, yeah. 
yeah, not even that international now, right? And this is obviously with pushing the team to a step further. Do you think that they give? How long do you think they give this roster? If it, if it's if it continues in this direction that it is right now, and I'm not saying it necessarily has to go down, but if it just continues to hover with the results they've had so far, do you think this is something that that lasts out the year? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's like hard to say, really. I, I, I don't know. I feel like if if it's like a rough major performance, they might give like you know maybe a couple more events after the major. But yeah, I feel like it's hard to say with like how fast like they're expecting results. I feel mm. like sometimes like when like orgs like start taking over like the decisions, uh, they get like really antsy to like have results really fast when they don't realize like how big of changes they're making. But I mean, worst case scenario, I could I could see something happening like a, a, like a couple of events after the major. I feel like if they made some type of change before the ma- like or sorry after like right after the major. I feel like it just doesn't really make sense unless like the atmosphere isn't as good like you were saying. Mm. So I feel like it would have to be some type of like if if the atmosphere is fine and they just somehow are not finding their footing by then. I mean that could also mean that something's just not clicking as well. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah, they also might not have a lot of options at the moment considering RMR lock uh, as far as I know already happened, and so the, the 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 roster that they have to play the RMR is already set, and they already I think had to keep. The core, at least, you know, if you disregard the fact that they could have used the substitute rule and whatever, uh, and so they also have to play the major with that roster if uh, if they qualify, obviously. And so, like, they basically we could wait until the end of May until we actually get an answer. I think that's probably the the mentality that they have as well that they at least have until the major, you know, to try to see if they can fix things, and then after that, they'll, they'll probably see if they can reassess. I think the the biggest. The biggest problem I'm going to see is is about Masuda for sure, just because of we heard that there were options for them to get Robs instead of Masuda. You know that that was like in discussion um, for for him to be a part of that roster. Uh, didn't obviously work out, and they kept Masuda in the end. But you know his his individual performance has been the most worrying to me because he had periods where I thought really he was going to yeah. yeah, where I thought he was going to hit the next level. And with this team, he we haven't seen that yet. Like we he's had series. Where he's shown that, but like consistently across an entire event, he hasn't really been on once during the during the first couple of months of of 2022. Well, Chad, yes, there you go. If you can't get Rops, who do you call? Who do you You call? JKS Busters. But let's let's be honest here for a second, right? And when I say let's be honest, I don't mean that at all. I mean let's consider this. (laughs) This is what I wanted to say. Let's consider this for a moment. Uh, now, I, I'm not I'm not pointing blame. I'm just asking a question. But the trio coming from Astralis, what if they are trying or Zonic is trying to get the team to play like Astralis, whereas Zywu isn't the same type of an orper as Device? Zywu is um, very versatile and a game changer, right? Like he, he's he's been, he's a, he's an absolute fucking monster, right? So what if Right now, that's a bit of the issue. Like Apex probably knows how to use Zywu better than what Zonic currently does. Does, does anybody think there's any merit in in this or maybe, conversation? Maybe maybe Xtaz is the missing factor. Could be too. I, because I he's thinking, been around. Yeah. I was thinking that like the play styles, like you were saying before, like Astralis. I was uh I was just having this discussion actually a little bit earlier today and yesterday that Astralis in 2018, 19 when they were super good, like their team that was like really really strong at like saving nades. Mm. They weren't like super aggro like heroic, but they were just really solid in like in their defenses. And I feel like Vitality is the complete opposite, especially after like talking to Shocks and everything, where they are really like hyper active and hyper aggressive, 
about like getting info and making sure that they know what's going on in the map. So I feel like, I mean, I don't really know, but I feel like it could be like a huge like playstyle thing that could be affecting them. I don't know, but I think it's worth like thinking about because of like how different like the Astralis guys are from the Vitality guys are playstyle wise. Mm. I think it's maybe something that, like because in terms of CT side, it makes sense into they how they've divvied up a lot of the positions on certain maps. Dude, there's so many fucking Dude, in the so chat. Funny. There are like, so many fucks. I mean, all just I've kind of stopped, and I, th I think Nitro just spammed like Naf is coming and uh, <laughs> a couple of slots, and that's it. It's um, back again. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got I can see OC in chat. Joker Steve's here. Nitro's popped on in, so we got everybody here. So look, the whole squad. Yeah, they're, they're here for me. That's good. That's good. Okay, so uh, let's let's move past this Vitality discussion. Maybe it'll crop up later. Um, let's move into Imperial. Uh, now, we said we weren't going to talk about them on the show until something happened. And something and happened. And something happened. Something man. happened, guys. They beat... Now, stop the fucking presses here, guys. Stop the count. They beat Falcons. And now maybe a lot of you are asking, Chad, who the fuck are Falcons? Now, if you want to know who Falcons are, they got Kyojin. That's who Falcons are. They're a French team. They're youngsters. They're up-and-comers. And uh, they're in the grand final as Omen Challenge, I believe it was, and Imperial won. Now, something's happened here. And actually, watching them play, like, yeah, f first shooting people, falling to open people, you know, it's, a, it's actually, it's all right. Like, I don't know how far it's going to go, but it's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's not bad. Did anybody watch any of the Imperial games as it was going on? I'm sure you were probably busy playing, John. I'm not sure, not sure how much of it yeah, you have seen. seen. Yeah, um, I, I watched a little bit. Yeah, very, very little. But oh, I looked right. I looked at the stats. So I'm just gonna say like Fur <laughs> has been carrying the shit out of them. This is like 1.35 rating. Of course, not against tier one opposition, but still, like that's that's pretty good. That's I, actually pretty good. I think the highest rated team in the world that they've beaten was like 40 42. Yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. I mean so that like is, that is like ahead of the, ourselves. Yeah, that is in the area where I expected them to be like decent enough you know like where they're going to be somewhere on the on the outskirts of the top top 30 maybe like entering the top 30 but obviously we didn't expect them to be you know like a top 20 top 10 team probably so i think this is i mean along the lines of what i would expect beyond for specifically i think we we talked about it uh, talked about this in the news chat actually mm. and we all kind of agree that for being on this kind of a level you know whatever tier three tier two tier three cs uh aside he's still at a really, really, really high level. So if any, if any of this he, he he's able to translate to the next level, I think that's going to be like that's going to be better than I would have expected out of Imperial already. Yeah, and I think that they obviously have the star power going for them, which is going to generate a lot of hype around it. Oh, we got fucking sloths appearing on the screen now too. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, yeah, like I think the fact that they have that hype around them is going to always make them exciting for that regard. But uh, John, they, they, their average age is twenty eight point two. Now, I don't want you to get the whole Brazilian mob on you right now, but realistically speaking, is is this a project that you expect to be breaking into the top 20? Or, 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 or I don't want to set you up for a fail here, but what, what are your thoughts on Imperial? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, so I think that like they could definitely be like top 20, especially because, okay. it's dude, it's not like they're just like chilling at home and they're just like, you know, relaxing. They're actually boot camping. They they have been playing so much CS. Like you can see, even when they're streaming, they're still pugging S5. And uh, from listening to their comms, even in the pugs, like they're not like they're not like messing around. It's not like they're just like cracking jokes the whole time. I mean, of course they are like here and there, but you know the time that I've, Portuguese, right? Yeah. So like from the stuff that I've listened to their comms, uh, like even during those pugs, like they are like still trying to like do well and win, and uh, they're pretty clean like with their comms. And I don't really feel like their age is gonna just be making them 
bad for any reason. I, I am a big fan of them showing to everyone that you can still be 30 plus and you can win it. You can. Oh, fucking hell, there's hope. There's hope. Yep, boys. Pick up the mouse and keyboard and get back. Like, look, look, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be, you're right though, dedicating themselves to it. That's one of the things that I think is pretty key. But uh, I, I I had a hard time thinking, how's Fur going to reinvent himself, right? But one of the things that I've noticed is when some of these players, they go and they have like genuine time off and a break from the game. And then they watch a lot of CS. Like they, they catch, not they catch up. They just update themselves on the meta and the way that the game should be approached and played. And obviously they're good players, right? It's just that, do you, do you find it hard as someone who's competing all the time to stay consistent with how the game is being played with everybody else when you're so focused on what you and your team are doing specifically? Is that, a, is that an issue? Uh, could you restate that? Yeah, it was a poorly asked question. You wouldn't think this is my fucking job to talk to, <laughs> would you? But so, like, when when you take a break from the game and you sit back and you can actually look and watch, like, a bunch of teams play and you can see what the good solutions are. But when you're in a team, right, and you have all the pieces around you and you have your approach and your in-game leader and everything, you tend to approach the game in a bit more of a, a one-dimensional fashion because it's from only through your lens. But when you just sit back and watch everybody, you get a whole bunch of ideas. Do you think that's something which like fur having time off and this it, it could it could help him like in that regard? I don't know. I feel like I mean Nick, this would probably be a really good question for Nick, but just mm. from like him coming back to the game after being gone for like a year, and of course like he'd watch a little bit here and there. He's not like he wasn't actively playing or anything, but I think that it's pretty hard to like get back into like to the meta like like as quickly as he probably wants to, even if he was like watching stuff, um, because. Like one, you might like have like a solution and it might not actually be a good solution until you actually do it against like a team that's very good. Like you might have like a theory that it might work, but maybe like in practice, like it's not actually that optimal. Hmm. And I don't know. I, I feel like until like you're on like a team and you're you're like all creatively like coming up like with your own ideas of that stuff, it might be like pretty tough. But I mean, it's hard to really say. I don't know. I, I feel like it's difficult to have like that long of a break and, you know, be up to date with the meta that fast. Because Fur had a decent chunk of time off. Like, I know he played for some teams for short stints, but it was actually a decent period of time where he wasn't competing in general, right? Like, well, he actually, yeah. local. Yeah, I actually competed for Imperial, if yeah, I remember. He, he was playing on, uh, I think it was like Showtime's team or something. Like, yeah. I know that he was playing on some mm. team in Brazil. Mm. Maybe the time at home as well did him some good. You know, they've, they've been on the road and doing that stuff for, for many a years. Yeah. Um, all right, boys, do we want to jump forward here? Because I know this is a big piece, yeah. piece of news for Prof. Okay, well, let's come. Let's come. Why did you list this one? Fragadelphia okay. seventeen with a hundred thousand dollars. Here we go. What are you doing? Look, there are these. Uh, this and the NARMR essentially just like set up this whole like NA discussion because Elige, you might okay, not know us, but he is from North America. Yes, it's true. So since we don't have a lot of people, you see, he is nodding. So this is actually correct <laughs> what I'm saying. So that's why we can maybe ask about that. I don't know that why, but why I put Fregadelfia there. It's just because I was thinking about talking about the general like people going to NA, practicing, doing tournaments, blah blah. I think what Fregadelfia is doing, it's almost like making an NA Copenhagen Games kind of a thing okay. because because they <laughs> we saw what happened like uh, last time with like Apex uh, Rebels, right? Right? Yeah. They went over for the last chance qualifier and made it to the second place. And now Fregadelvia has even a 
an even bigger prize pool and they from what i know there's all, all there's also going to be like a last last chance qualifier on land that teams can fly over and do and philly is like on the coast that is near to europe so essentially people can fly over like some of these like tier three four teams from europe can go over and spend like a week there and you know play against european uh, american teams I've, it just feels like a kind of a good good thing for the nac yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Like seeing that news was definitely uh, like a really cool thing to like wake up to when I saw it. And uh, I mean, I honestly didn't even think about that part about like Europeans coming over, but it definitely makes sense. Like with that amount of prize pool, I could see like some European teams coming over, given like some practice to these teams. That'd be cool. Is it an event that Liquid would consider playing in or is it, you know, maybe with how packed the, the calendar is hard to hard to attend something like that? No, nah, I don't think that it's possible for us. It's like the, the schedule is just literally too packed. Like, maybe I, EG. Toxic. What? I'm just I'm just I'm just throwing another team now. Okay, but all right, fuck it. Call it out when you see it. Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Alish. It's just just yeah, okay, all right, all right. But do you think having something like this is is because there's a lot of North American cash cups as well at the moment, right? Like there, there feels yeah. like there's a decent amount of stuff going on over there. Yeah, I think that there is like a good amount of like options like people can be playing. Um, I feel like the only problem with it is, yeah, I think that they're they're very cool like from a competitor standpoint, but like I feel like people need to. Uh, and man, I gotta stop saying like so much. My bad, <laughs> <It's> chat. <laughs> but I think that there needs to be more like streaming with it, like uh, like some type of like broadcast or even more people getting involved in the community, like more more NA involvement from like the community, I guess. Mm. Okay. We get like Corey <laughs> Dunn back on the mic. We get, yeah. uh, you know, we get, we get some of the North American greats out there. Get them, get him, get, uh, what's his name? Fatality. How could I forget his name? Get him, get everybody yeah. out there. Yeah. Fatality? We could have some good fun with that. Fatality. Yeah. Yeah. He used to what? cast the CGS mate. Okay. You're yeah, with DJ Wheat. You know that Fatality messaged me on LinkedIn selling me some, some like shit that he's you want some I invested in something. No, no, but it's like a, startup or some shit it's it's so it's so disappointing going from like oh this guy is fucking amazing he won a ferrari now he's like spamming me on linkedin guy like please stop i don't know that's all i'm gonna say okay you don't want jonathan wendell to message you anymore no, i understand I, I see how it is please get the message across dude he's a legend all right do we want to uh talk about the nar we're doing this now because we might not do a show uh, I know. I, I just like if if we have Alish here, maybe we get his opinion. Just like in short, okay. on the on the NAR Mar, uh, the teams there, or the Americas RMR, as it should be called. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Sorry. that is correct. I'll give That's Lucas correct. the link, and you can ask the question, Prof. Um, well, you okay. set it up here, mate. So Lucas, I will set it up. up. I will set it up. Give me, give me the eight teams that are gonna go through, in your opinion. Ooh. That's it. That's just Ooh. it. I've just put the link in if in case everybody it's pretty hard because there is a lot of Brazilian teams and There's I don't know how much how much yeah. you uh, but but I think we can start with being like okay liquid furia complexity complexity just has to they have to go yeah. through okay eg imperial oh imperial I can, I can see it okay VR for six mm, after that I don't know Zero Zero Nation has been they've been struggling online. Really zero. struggling. Really struggling. What about Team One? They're all right, aren't they? Used to be. They it's could. so hard. So 
hard to know. Like the the thing is, like all these names just get thrown around to a bunch of different rosters all the time. Like you just check the name and it's like, oh fuck, these guys are here now. Like, yeah, I know Nine Z used to be good, um, but they lost try to Zero Zero Nation, and I haven't like seen them play since having try. So I don't know with that either. It's really hard, isn't it? But there's so yeah. many names here that I'm gonna need somebody from South America to go through and tell me how to pronounce half of these aliases just so I don't completely fuck yeah. it up. <laughs> Like, there's so many crazy names here, man. Out of the big teams, who is most likely uh, to be upset? What do you mean by big teams? Like, some, uh, let's say the EG, Furia, Complexity, Liquid. Uh, I think out of those four, those I, big four. I, I, I feel like it's going to be really difficult for, for there to be an upset with, like, the, the teams. I just don't see it happening. I feel like the... That's that's an HLTV jinx right there. You can lose the best of one, right? Because it's 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 the Swiss with best of Swiss, ones and the best yeah. of threes, right? So I can see maybe you know losing a best of one on Mirage or something. Yeah. But then after that, once you get to the best of threes, th there shouldn't be any way that you lose. Like how? Yeah, I just I just don't see it. I feel like there's such a gap in between like the top any teams that we said the NA slash SA teams that we said that I just don't see the other ones making that upset happen. I could see Pain going through as well as the seventh team. The eighth is just so up in the air. Like it could be party astronauts. Like maybe when they're playing with uh, Viz and they they feel Actually a lot just better. Six. Just realized six teams going to the major. Oh, oh, oh not true. Eight. That's yeah. five. Plus, it's five plus one oh, from shit, the last it is major. Two. Okay, yeah. Fuck. So yeah, that's, well, that, we, that we makes got it pretty. That makes it a lot rougher. Yeah. But then the, I, the six is pretty clear, right? Yeah, I feel like it would be Furia, Complexity, Liquid, EG, Imperial, MIBR. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, look, I'm excited to see this because I know for a fact, like, it's going to be the loudest RMR out of all the RMRs Probably. with all the South American teams there. Like, they fucking love it. I love how loud they get, but it's going to be bonkers. It's going to be absolutely bonkers with how loud it's going to get. I feel like NA, NA guys can also be loud if yeah. they're winning any rounds. Uh, so that, and that should happen here, unlike Pro League. So that's, that's pretty good. Bro, I mean, like, part of the astronauts and the bad news bears. I'm not talking about liquid. You're like international organization, right? So it doesn't count. You're immune from the BM. We're just and also not, not super loud as a team. That's true, too. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into the ESL Pro League discussion, everybody. And uh, now we can get some first-hand information out of Elise right here on kind of how the group went. So let's start with the Movistar Riders here. Um, I think we were... Who was Who was it? Who was it who said the Movistar Riders weren't going weren't gonna, to... Prof, was it you? That was me, too. Oh, it was, both it, was you. it was me, too. Yeah, well, it was me. I said, I said something your like that. Your apology needs to be as loud as your disrespect yeah. right now, gentlemen. Oh, uh, <laughs> Movistar Riders to win the major. Uh, <laughs> Dragonite gif. There That's go. a good apology. Well, Striker, let's put it this way. Do you think it was Movistar Riders performing better than you expected or the other teams performing worse than you expected? I mean, what's 100% them Movistar performing better than I expected because right. I Safe. I had literally I had going into it I said I had more faith in Godson who were playing essentially with a new player without their best player um, previously you know without Phelps than in Movistar just because of their recent history um, in in Europe essentially like this came out of nowhere I don't know where where that came from. Well, like the thing is, we'd seen glimpses of it before, right? Like at the RMR last year, like right. we saw some, but that feels like it's ages ago now. And then coming into this group, the lead, well, not the lead time or anything. Like that, it just, it just felt, 
it felt difficult to see too much crazy Counter-Strike going their way. But Ancient was saying that they were playing a lot of, right? John, you guys played them on Ancient, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, like, we did. How did it feel playing them on Ancient? Because they they were the first team, we called them Op Oz Smoke. This is what they did to NIP, and this was back at the other RMR. But like they were already like thinking of, of ways to adapt to where the meta was at, and this was a couple months ago. Like, how did it feel playing them on a map like Ancient? Um, so they're one of those teams that play really passive on their CT side and they're good at uh, saving their utility. Um, I felt like on Ancient they had a really good read on us where we were a little bit too obvious when we were playing for Banana like on the B side. Mm. And I saw like a couple rounds where uh, Mopaz he was just listening to see like how much noise we were making there and like he instantly just walked towards like Cheetah and just like jiggled and he knew that we weren't there. And then they had a ton of map control. Um, and then the rounds that we were there they were completely okay giving us a, a ton of space that we wanted to and just waiting to see like when we executed. So from what I could tell, I, I felt like they had a decent anti-strat against us. Um, they definitely knew what we were doing and they countered it really well. And then on there, I, I didn't really feel like their T-side was that sick, but no one's T-side is that sick. Um, their T-side was pretty much um, go really slow, let us waste utility, and then just execute late. And that was pretty much it. Like a TLDR, if I was going to tell someone how to counter them, well, <laughs> well we're probably not going to play them anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I would just say that their T side, they just go really, really slow. So all you got to do against them is just save your nades and you, you're just going to be, you know, you're going to have a good time. They had some very perplexing mid rounds when I was watching some of their games. And like, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like there was one example on Nuke, I think it was against players, maybe I, for, I forget exactly. But they had one, the one on Nuke where like they got two entries on T side, and then Mopoz was flanking Heaven, but three people oh it was against Big, and then three people decided to walk out squeaky door contact before Mopoz had even made it like up Heaven to flank, and then they just got like two tap from Tizian, and then the fucking round was up. like there was some real odd shit that I was watching. There was a lot of rounds I was watching. What the fuck was going on? And but there was also stuff they didn't. I was like, this is sick. And then you got Mopoz, the guy you're talking about. This guy doesn't need fucking armor. You he, see this wild. guy? He's he, wild. Yeah. He, he just buys a rifle. He's just like, you know what? Fuck armor. If I shoot him first, I don't need that shit. It's like this guy <laughs> is crazy, man. Like I'm watching. It's like out. It was some out of the box Counter Strike. And one thing that he doesn't give a fuck about either. He does not care about selling some of his teammates up the river if he's going to win the round. The amount of times he did like a baby boy maneuver and two of his teammates died and then he got a three k. I was like. Shit, I'd be pretty fucking salty that we could have won the round with more alive, but he won it. So I can't argue it. I, I, I can't argue it. But it was fun CS to watch. Like it was it was fun Counter-Strike. It was not always perfect, but it was fun. And they were passionate. Were they loud? It looked like they were very loud. Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, they were pretty good. They weren't like they weren't like a blowover team or anything. They were playing good CS. I thought they had really good fundamentals. Mo Paz is definitely uh, pretty crazy. He plays crazy, but that's good. Confidence. He has, he has a lot of confidence, mm. that's for sure. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool like seeing like a team like them just like, I mean, at least from my POV coming out of nowhere with a, kind of like an older lineup as well. I think like their average age is like 25 or something that I read. But yeah, it's 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 cool like seeing a team like that come out of nowhere for me. Right. They don't have, really have a lot on the horizon, right? Striker, they don't have, they didn't qualify for yeah. RMR. No, no RMR nope. for them, but they're playing yeah, the Blast, Blast Showdown. Blast okay. Showdown and playoffs of, e of EPL, obviously. Um, I, I think for me, the biggest, uh, the biggest reason why I didn't expect anything is like, I didn't see where the evolution of the team would come from. Like usually let's say if, if we talk about like Gambit youngsters, there are you're team... hitting something on the mic, Kelly's there. Oh, my bad. 
Like, it's just the keyboard. Okay. Now it's just no, tapping uh, on my table. Oh, my God. bad. That's brilliant. Like they're kind of a really like top. They're a top twenty team consistently, and then you know Gambit youngsters they got Hobbit, and then that like exploded them onto a new level. And these guys have just been since they got rid of Smuya went fully Spanish. This is the lineup that they have, and they've been just like that. They've been a team that's pretty good, but mm. then again at these big events they they kind of like not even choke out. It just felt like they were the the team that was the underdog and the, in the key moments they played like the underdog. And what I saw here, I don't know if it just, if things just started rolling for them. They're the team in all of these like 2v2s, 3v3s, or when one guy needs to get a double kill, they would get it, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it felt like they're playing with balls and just playing with confidence that they didn't have before. And that's the biggest difference that I saw in like Movistar here. Uh, versus like previous events because at Katowice they didn't do like they didn't do anything then I don't know what else the major as well like the major qualifier it was just kind of an okay team that didn't have a chance against you know the the big teams and you have to say it wasn't like the hardest group ever but they still beat everyone so you can't really take take much away from that I I, I don't know how you feel about this striker that there's three parts of the team right that I think function quite well but I think deaths and Davy G, I need more out of one of the two. Like, like there was a couple of good Davy G games, but one of them was like against Godsent, where they just kept going B on Mirage, and he got like thirty kills, hmm. right? Like, uh, uh, I feel like I need a little bit more out of the one of the two of them, right, for this team to because if Mopoz can't get away with these aggressive maneuvers, then they've already lost a massive string to their bow. I, I don't know. The, I, I haven't looked at the numbers since. I haven't looked at it, but I, I, I don't know the Spanish scene, right? Have you been talking to Lucas? You've been having a chat to Lucas. He's been telling you there's some more Spaniards on, on the way up, or because I know he wanted an apology. He was just typing in chat. <laughs> no, I mean the the no apology, no apology. <laughs> uh, no, I mean what I what I mainly noticed was kind of like the three people that took them where they were. You know, Sampaios was obviously like Sampaios was huge against you guys. Um, he had a really sick series against Liquid. Um, and then basically like the, the other things were like Alex and, and Mop was taking turns, you know, being big for, for the team. And yeah, th- those two were kind of like more, um, I mean, they are generally more like the supportive players anyway. So I, th- I guess that's what you'd kind of expect. That's definitely their main trio in terms of, uh, their, their star power. So I think that's kind of like what, what I would expect in general. Mm-hmm. I have to admit that I haven't, I've barely watched this group and I've like started watching after I, uh, after I saw Movie start doing well and the liquid series, the one that I saw. And that was yeah, that was a, that was a, a pretty weird one in terms of just seeing definitely ancient in terms of what you were talking about with uh, with Mopos, um, and yeah, outside of that, I actually didn't see their their earlier series, which kind of like got them where they are. So that's, that's I think a lot of people tuned out of Group C, unfortunately, yeah. which you know there wasn't a whole lot of name draws, right? I, obviously, I think Liquid was the biggest name drawer of the, yeah. of the group. Um, okay, let's jump over to uh, players slash Gambit slash youngsters slash Nafini's anime team. Uh, this one here is is a curious one, everybody, because we were just talking about it before, right? Now, Alij sees the game a little bit differently. He was actually the one who experienced it, so I guess his counts for 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 the most. But when watching the other four best of threes that they were playing, they seemed very timid to me. They they seemed like they weren't showing that they can like. Like they, they can play fundamental counter strike. That's one of the things we attest to to youngsters a lot, right? Like is their approach to the game. But the one thing that like I feel like they don't they don't back as often as they should is their individuals. Like 
I always struggle to to question, okay, who is the playmaker going to be if Hobbit's not pulling them out of a hole, right? And Nafini's not getting away with these aggressive maneuvers. They had that they had that ancient game. I forget who it was against. Maybe that was the Movistar Riders game. Where they Axel had, had like seven frags or something. Three of them, Axel, Nafini, and Inters did almost nothing. And I think like Shiro and Hobbit combined had like 60 kills or 65 kills or some shit. And it's like these games, like they just have these games where they just like kind of like blank on out. Now it's fine. They got what they needed. They're in the playoffs. Like it's all good. Do we just think that this is the team that they just get the job done and they're not going to be too concerned with how they got there and then they'll step it up next time? Like, or, or do we think that there's cause for concern? Like does, does anybody have a vibe around the youngsters here? Because I'm a little bit lost right now. I think they're still good, but I, I just feel like I'd prefer, and, and this isn't because of like the shellacking they put on your boys here, John. This is just because it was the, the way that they're approaching some situations that felt like they had a bit more pep in their step. That um the that that's what I want to see more of. I want to see them play that way. I want to see them play the way they did against Liquid, um, yeah. as opposed to the way they played against some of these other teams where they looked like they were playing just, oh, we're gonna win if we just do default. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like in terms of like the other teams, like I, I felt like against us they were pretty normal, mm. uh, in terms of like the style that I was saying that they were playing. But against Godson, I felt like it was very noticeable, like what um that they were playing a little bit different, a little bit more timid for sure, especially the rounds that they were losing were kind of mistakes I wouldn't expect from them. So, I, yeah, I think that they probably just turned up a little bit more against us since uh, the game was just proceeding maybe and they didn't have as much, like, pressure. But, I mean, it, it's such, a, like, a hard situation for them and, you know, it, it feels, like, really bad because they're all, like, pretty nice. So, I don't know. It's, it's just a crappy situation. Yeah, that that the whole war situation, right, is something that, um, uh, like... Inescapable. It's, no, well, obviously it's affecting them, right? And anybody who yeah, who's not living sure. under yeah. a fucking rock like knows that it's going on. But then it's one of these things. It's like, well, like, does that just become the whole conversation? Like, where do we? Like, I'm not I saying mean, where do we draw the line on this, but obviously yeah. it's like it, we all know it's a factor. How much is it a factor? We can't quantify that, right? What what do we do with this? Like this this immeasurable, right? But like, I mean, it's, for them, it's hard. Yeah, for them, there's also the caveat that there's the there's the reports of them being sold to to a different organization or then trying to get a get a buyer, yep. which obviously that's going to play on your mind for sure. And there's that's probably going to take away from some of your preparation if you're in talks and stuff like that. So it's just like a lot of these things are going to be in the background that you're never really going to hear about until it happens, essentially. So we're going to have to wait and see how much it did play on their minds and how much it's a, it is a factor in terms of also whether... You know they're probably still dealing with whether they can even go to to Bucharest and stuff like that. We've we've been hearing problems with visas for certain players. Uh, for I mean, especially for America, like a uh, like Elijah was saying for IEM Dallas. But this will also affect especially Russian players in terms of getting visas in Europe. Yeah. So like this is all stuff that like it's unquantifiable. You know, you just don't know until you hear from them, and they're obviously not going to talk about it until it gets resolved and uh, and they can feel a bit more safer about talking about the situation, right? So like that's that's just something that we have to deal with. Um, can't really know how much it's impacting the game. Yeah, that's why it's hard, right? When you do the analysis for them and you sit there and you look at it, like you obviously have to factor that in. But how much of it can yeah. you know? You can only really dissect the Counter Strike that you see in the server, right? You can always have that in the back of your mind, but it's it's very difficult when you're just talking about the Counter Strike you're seeing in the server to to weigh that up. All right, let's yeah. jump forward. Uh, all right, impressions. Now let's do this kind of quick fire here. Uh, Prof, go. your impressions on big. Go. None. No None. Impression. No impressions. No, no impressions. Is it I don't, time for Tapson to go to Mouse Sports? I'm trying to think. Like I watched a couple of their games, but there is nothing. Nothing really stuck 
like Crimbo is okay. Um, that's it. Okay. Anyone else have any impressions of Big? It's okay I if you don't. I don't Gone know. Once. I, dude, yeah. I, I just feel like they need to just like they have so many nades. I feel like everyone knows they're like big. <laughs> they're like the team that knows all the crazy nades. We were talking about refrag earlier, but like having to know nades. I think that they should step back a little bit from finding new nade sets. Just get really good at what they have and just get more comfortable with that. And I mean, the fancy stuff is really cool for sure, but I, I think that would help. They but, just have to headshot. I don't know. More. Yeah, it's got a headshot more. They got all what they need. They got more than plenty. It was crazy to me because one of those little interview bits, and I think it was Sirison talking about NK and what he brings to different coaches. And he made some comment. Now, obviously, some of this could be lost in translation, right? Don't, don't, I'm not pretending that this is the literal meaning of what he meant. But he said with NK, they're more structured. And I was like, the last thing you boys need to be is more structured. Like, just fucking shoot people. Like, you guys, like you're saying, I agree that their utility sets are so geeky and they have some cool gimmicks and stuff. They're also really conservative in their approach. They'll eco more or they'll half buy more than most teams. Like when you when you have a couple of guys like 4.2 or whatever, and then they have a couple of guys like 3.5, they'll go for like just a half buy, right? They won't go. Whereas other teams will go, all right, let's get the M4s out. You can buy an MP9. We'll play close with the utility we have and shit. They always feel like they go the safer route. And I think that comes to bite them in the ass because it's less rounds that they're competitive. And I'm like, eh, this isn't where the meta's at right now. Like it's not like we need five rifles and you got your primary opera and everybody needs all their utility like people have so many more moves now that they can make work in lighter buys and i'm like i don't know that's one of the qualms i have and I, yeah. that goes with your point and they, yeah. they also have some of the players that they could play off a little bit more in terms of those situations that you're talking about they obviously have some individuals you know like Sirson can do with a scout you know if you're, oh, if you're yeah. forced in a fucking half by situation where you just have to you know invest early, but maybe gun rounds exactly that's, like that yeah that, so, the, so why not do that a little bit more and, and, and play on him? Obviously, you want to get him the up as much as possible. Like, I understand that kind of like an angle. But at the same time, you're that, as you're saying, like, that's not the meta at this point. Like, there's a lot of lower buys than you usually go with, especially historically. And so that's something that, the, that you have to adapt to and play a bit more on the individuals in that sense. Because that's, like, what will get you out of the close games. You know, like, this, this these couple of rounds that you just decided to buy and, and just turned around on its head because... You know, Sirson just pops off with a scout or whatever it is. You know, mm. so like these, some of these, some of these things that they definitely should bring into their game a little bit more. Okay, elite scout top three, dude. Um, I right before that Dust Two game, I was telling uh, OCM <laughs> like, dude, if I get a scout, trust me, I'm gonna out scout this guy. And I scouted him like three or four times, insane shots. That's all I'm gonna say. So if <laughs> Sirson is scout number one. I'm I'm above you're, that. You're zero point zero six. Yes, sir. Zero point zero six cow. Prof, you're a savage motherfucker. All right, uh, let's go. Quick thoughts on Godsend striker. Bang. Um, definitely a lack of firepower in general. Henny was not really on for the first couple of matches, from what I saw at least. Um, yeah, he's on at all. Just, but yeah. he's in a team that didn't have a primary orpa. Do you think that plays a factor? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. Like they, they, I. Again, like I saw like two or two of their games, so I can't really tell in terms of play style and how much they use them in a way where he's comfortable. But like clearly, clearly this is going to be a problem. Like if you're if you're getting rid of Phelps as the guy who's your playmaker and who's basically your star and who you're going to play around most of the time, and then you have Henny, who's obviously in an entirely different position. Like you're going to move so so many things around that like you're probably not going to be particularly competitive. 
I, I especially wanna... with Movistar looking like they they were like they maybe would have been in a in a discussion where they could have played for that third spot, but with Movistar just like taking everybody else out, like that was just not never a discussion then. Yeah, and and, and there was a conversation that they hadn't had time to have a whole lot of practice with Henny, if all on certain maps. Yeah. But I have a question, John. This one's for you. For a team like for, for when Liquid didn't have a primary orbit, well, you did. Nitro was doing it, but then Naf would do some, and Stewie would do some whatever right my yeah. point is you didn't set up an orpa that wasn't liquid's game plan and you guys were one of the best teams in the world and then obviously after that getting an orpa started to become more of a focal point right yeah with the transition for a team to do that is it almost a complete change in the method in which you approach the game um it is a little bit different now like since uh you know we just got oc um as well and obviously when fallen was on the team so it is a little bit different but it's kind of just like what's required of the meta mm. um i feel like the problem with, with godsend is like they just had like that rotating op on so many different maps like what you were saying and now having henny uh come in so soon right before epl and i, I think he said what four days of practice only I, I this is not enough time to be able to get in everything that henny likes to do so most likely he's just I think that he was probably just slotted into like the things that uh, the previous opera was doing in like those positions. They probably just told him like the setups or like how they're going to play. And it, it was probably just overall a little bit messy since they're not comfortable, like just in general. And yeah, I, I think just overall the uncomfortability that they have from like swapping so soon is just not going to let them like play that well. Okay. All right. Uh, prof, party astronauts with a stand in. Did they excite you? No. I avoided uh, all of their games, essentially. They were just, nice. I spoke yeah. to them in person. They were nice. But it's like there are so many games. It's like you have to pick and choose what are you going to You're not going to watch three games every day of EPL group Dude. stages. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like party astronauts, you're going to not watch that. Then the last games, if they don't matter, you're not going to watch that either. And now you're already in like a reasonable amount of games that you that you want to watch. This is just how it is. Can I have a mini rant? It's not really a rant. It's just a minute. Because you know, go, you go. guys, you guys know that I hate myself, right? So I read the forums. So I read, I read a thread. I read a thread, and the are thread you sure, was. Are you sure you have the causality right there? Is it because you read the forums that you hate yourself? Actually, maybe you're right. Maybe I hate myself because I, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, regardless, I read a thread, right? And Machine and I do all the early games. So what that means is sometimes we don't get. The best games but you guys would hear too much of us if we were doing all the primetime games and then you would hate us and i don't want you to hate us i don't want you guys to hate us i want you guys to like oh we like listening to machine and sponge someone made a thread right and one of the comments was that googling random facts which we were googling <laughs> is, random facts is but a fact. i actually okay. have a book i have a book of interesting facts now when the were game, you flipping through it yeah i was flipping through it so you when, so you weren't googling no, Alex was Googling. Okay. I was going through my book. But one of the things that people have to keep in mind with EPL compared to like an actual big tournament is the group stage drags on for fucking four weeks, right? And there's three best of threes a day. And we're commentating a minimum of one best of three a day. And when the games are a 16-4, 16-6 stomp and nothing is happening, the other team is literally just getting battered and it's not exciting multi-kills and it's not, it's still entertainment, so, you know, we, we put a bit more fun. We go a bit more podcast mode. That's, that's where, you know, and if anybody tuned in during the online era and we did like fucking 90 days of broadcast literally in a row, we'd have a bit more fun. So I want to, I want to, I, I, I'm mini ranting right now 
to say, I'm sorry that, you know, our bit more fun during Pro League isn't everybody's cup of tea. But when it's the fucking playoffs or when it's a serious matchup that has some payoff that isn't a 16 fucking four smashing, right? Then it, then it gets the source. But you need to have tears. If everything was hype, if every single match I did, I went in there and I attempted to cast it like the major grand final, it would be the shittest thing I could possibly do because I would make everything seem exciting when it isn't. Yeah. And when I was on the show last week and we were coming into Group C, I don't fuck around with you guys at home. I'll tell you how it is. Group C was a relatively boring group, right? But we're still tuning in. You're still watching 12 hours of Counter-Strike. We're talking to you. Send us a tweet. Let's see how you're watching the game. Have a vote in a poll. It's entertainment. So I apologize that a couple of people think I'm a shit caster because I sat there reading a book trying to have some fun. All right, so I'm sorry. Imagine if everybody. everyone that reads like one upsetting comment on the forum comes on HLTV confirmed and takes like five <laughs> minutes to rant about it. But I, <laughs> there would but be, be such a I, shit I, show. I, don't, I have this <laughs> fucked up thing where I don't want people to dislike me because like I know I can be a dick, you, right? But I don't there like the way that I get. I just get perceived as Child, like, this kind of like, drama and the yeah, issues. Is, yeah, exactly. My mom was never around. She was always out teaching dancing. <sighs> I'm, I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up. Uh, anyway, I'll save that for the therapy session. Uh, all right, let's jump into Group D. Group D, everybody. D, everyone's favorite letter in the alphabet. Here we go. Here we go. This is it. This go. is the last one. This is the last one. All right. Well, it's a graphic right now. That was that was just out of left field. That, Which was, that was too much. entirely. No, you know, could keep trying. You're not going to tilt me from it. <laughs> Wait till we 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 get to get a sponsor soon. That when he, any of this happens, Prof would probably get fucking a red card and have to go be benched for a while. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Anti-toxicity sponsor is coming in. Yeah, yeah you, everyone be, will see soon. It's gonna be amazing. Now, first things first. Uh, this news about Boomich. Where did you guys find this? Because I didn't I mean, leak this Nobby. to you. It's Nobby. Nobby actually said this. Okay, well, thank God. I'm wondering, did I say something that I wasn't allowed to say? Because everyone's fucking put, tweeting about it. Um, okay, so Boomich, you're not going to be here for the start of EPL. Now, apparently, he still has COVID. Now, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, everybody. I'm going to fucking say it. D colon. Huh? D colon in the chat. <laughs> There's no way, right, the Boomich who had COVID in Katowice has COVID again. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. I'm probably wrong. But my point here is, if it's a PCR test that he's having, I don't fucking know. But if it's a PCR test, isn't it probably the same COVID that he had back then? Like, I'm speculating. And we shouldn't be, you know, I'm I'm probably going to get some tweets. But They've used interesting terminology because he said, they said when he recovers, which seems to suggest to me that it's not a false positive. He's actually I mean, feeling some symptoms. I, mean, I, th- could I thought be, it was I- only six weeks after a PCR test. Like, if you had COVID, and then I thought it was like six weeks for it to be like no trace. Is, is that not it? But kind I mean, of it was like six weeks ago. Yeah, that's like that's actually fits. That's like a month yeah. ago now. So like, I don't know. Maybe maybe he has it again. Maybe I could be again. wrong, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just sucks. Like, because he had it in Katowice, and now he has yeah. it again. And it's like fuck. Like it's it already sucks enough for Navi as it is, and now they have to play with head tricks from the academy. Like, and we now have another yep. group where I have to sit there and I have to go. It's a good group. Don't worry, it's not going to be too bad. That's a spicy group. But it's just like there's always a caveat. There's always an asterisk. There's always something. I'm just just give me a group where everyone's here, and the Counter Strike's happening. 
Like that's that it, it oh, yeah, just man. fuck. Uh, you can't get that. So unicorn, what color? Okay. All right, we've got that out of the way. That's the main news. That's the main. That's that the is. main news. There's also that news about Navi and their CEO saying that they don't want to, that they want to cut ties with all players that are paying taxes to the Russian government, which was also then followed up by they that they don't think there are going to be any changes to the to the CS:GO roster at least. Uh, mostly some other other games like maybe Dota and I don't know mobile games, whatever. But essentially, people really like dug into that what it means what the future for Navi is like i wouldn't I, I think it doesn't mean make a lot of sense to speculate uh mm. they said that they hope and think that everything's going to be okay so for now until i see anything changing i'm going to believe what they said essentially and i just realized we deleted like 400 comments from that news post already because <laughs> yeah, yeah, i thought yeah. there was like 400 and now it's like two and the, it was actually like the top cup the last cover is like 560 or something Jesus whatever Christ. yeah that's always gonna happen with these situations yeah okay uh, well look we we know it's fucked at the moment there's no real other way to, to square that one up it's 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 just fucked um but let's try and look at this group regardless and 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 John, you seem excited about it. For everybody playing at home, our audio-only listeners, Group D consists of Navi with head tricks, Ego, Complexity, Heroic, Astralis, and Evil Geniuses. Now, John, what, what's getting you most excited about this group? Well, I think that just watching Complexity and EG playing for me as an NA player, I'm excited to watch them play, especially seeing how well uh, Grim does. That's our boy right there. And um, I think that EG is also... It's, they're going to be better. I, there's just no way that they're going to do like that bad. I, I think that they just had some rough RMR games, but I, I don't know. I just don't think that they're going to just be bombing out. I think that Heroic is going to be super interesting to see how that they're going to be playing. I think that Astralis, seeing them, uh, like seeing it, like how well that they're going to be playing as well. well I, don't, I feel like there's a lot of like strong Farley teams. Up. Yeah. <laughs> do you think he gets a, do you think Farley gets a real go? Have you practiced Astralis? I have not. I have no okay. idea how good he is or anything, but we're here for the memes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Look, there's a there's a lot of things that are unknowns that are exciting, right? Like obviously complexity having a bit more time together and EG the same. Well, they they spoke to Coach Carter now, so obviously they're going to be amazing in the server. Um, who? You don't know who Coach Carter is? I mean, the name rings a bell, but I like. There's a whole let, movie. Let just. Let's just act as, as if I'm someone in chat, like a Zoomer, as like, okay. who the fuck is this guy talking about? So you can now, was it the, is this a joke? Did it so actually happen? Coach Carter is a, is a movie, uh, but Coach Carter is an actual person, right? So the, the movie Coach Carter, uh, Samuel L. Jackson is, is the actor uh, playing the coach. But basically it's about like a high school basketball team, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, and they... EG had some, I don't know, retreat or camp or whatever word you'd use where Coach Carter was there talking with the players and everybody like that. But okay. it's a good movie and I'd recommend that you watch it because uh, Samuel L. Jackson is great in that film. Regardless. And he just a... got an Oscar? I don't know. I only know about I'm the just saying. I don't, I that's just, the only thing I've had to say. For this movie. Yeah. <laughs> After 20 years. years. <laughs> but uh, I, I would recommend that, that people watch that movie if they, if they want to watch something good. Um, recommendations go, but yeah, there's, a, there's a couple right of exciting names here now yep. let, let's let's not ego 
Well, okay. So look, Ego has Furlan, which is probably the, the name that most people would be familiar with. Fiku, who's in the team, he was there at the same time as MHL was there. This was a while ago, and those two names oh. were kind of exciting to me. Uh, Lehman, uh, who else is in there? Fuck. Milky. Uh, Milwaukee, whatever. Yeah, yeah I'm going to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, whatever. Milwaukee. That's not a set of tools. Milky Way. That's... Isn't that in the US, like yeah, but town or whatever? I think there's a, a tool brand as well. I'm sure I'm fucking that up too. Um, and these boys, they didn't they just recently change roster? We were talking about this momentarily, or momentary, moments ago, Prof, uh, where the start of the show, oh, they have Ultimate as well. They literally played like 15 games this year or something, which is super weird for a tier two, three team. Like yeah. they usually, they play a lot, but I guess they are experimenting with their lineup. Uh, trying out new things yeah, as, as you do. Um, and they also you know. played, like, they're always going to be busy with like qualifiers and stuff like that. And a lot of that doesn't show up on HLT because it's like open qualifiers, you know? True. So, like, that's okay, also true. a lot of lot of things that I think we missed, like, the, the, the database doesn't really um, take into account. Okay. Well, we're expecting Ago to probably be the team that comes last in that group, right? But so if, and I don't mean that in a bad way, it's just they're the most unknown out of the bunch. And yep. if they, if they have any upsets, that's good. That's where we set the bar for them, right? Competitive games or upsets, or maybe a, a diamond in the rough within the Polish scene to start pulling something together. Cause we know there's a lot of good players in Poland. They just never, it's seem, always, seem it's always it yeah, it's always like a bad combination for, for some example, some reason. like this, this Fiku kid, I think he was, he was really good. Like, at least when I watched him last, like him in MHL, I, I would say like maybe Fiku was a better player at certain points, like Rifler or super impactful, but never, it's always, it's always the same shit. There's always like a missing piece or a missing IGL or an op or, or the other team has 40% loss and then you need to restart the match. So These there's always happen, something. You know? Yeah. It's just the classic for the polls. But yeah. Not, not going to be super excited about Ego here. All right, well, let's go to the polar opposite of this. I want to hear your opinion, uh, John, about uh, Heroic. What do you, what you think about this team? Because you were talking before about them on the CT side having that really good CT re-aggression timings, right? Heroic as a squad. What do you what do you think about them as a team? I think that they're a really strong team. Um, I think that they're always really hard to, to play against because they are good at punishing teams that, um, that I guess are a little bit not sure of what they're going to be doing for their end rounds. And if there's any gaps in your like T side defaults, when you're taking one part of map control and then you're going to like another spot, they're really good at finding like the gaps of what's weak. And I think that they're just really creative as well. I think Kadian has like a lot of creative like calls, like on his uh, CT side um, that just never makes you feel comfortable. Like there are some teams that you play that you're just comfortable against because they're so conservative, like, like big, for example, I think that they're a team that's too safe. They're like a bit conservative and you kind of know like what to expect where with heroic, like it, just one round, that could be four, a just swinging with no smokes, just, just running at you. And I think that it makes it really hard to play against a team like that. Do you think that Navi without Boomich means that heroic will top the group? Um, I mean, that would be my prediction. That I, I would say that Heroic would probably be topping the group. Like as long as they didn't fall off a cliff from when they were last playing, I, I would say so. Okay. Yeah. Does the Prof Striker, do you guys agree with that sentiment? We think they're gonna top, or do you think that they Yeah? Yeah, yeah now with now think... with Boomich out and even without them, we know Navi is in a weird spot. So I'd say I say they're the obvious pick. Like if you're making odds, if you're a bookmaker, they would be, you know, now the the number one. Uh, yeah, just... I mean, that, that also stems from kind of like a lack of faith in, in all the other teams in terms of consistency, especially because obviously we don't really know what to expect from Astralis. And then there are the two NA teams that we still, I guess we don't have the best gauge on at the moment uh, mm. because they haven't, we haven't really seen them too much. 
and out of what we have seen we don't know whether they're going to be competitive at this kind of a level you know so it's kind of that's i think the biggest problem with group d like it's really difficult to gauge three of these teams um and to know who's going to be competing for that third spot after navi and heroic so mm. just for that reason alone i think heroic are really far ahead in terms of being favored okay what about this track with navi with the issues they have do we still think that they're a lock for the top three or, or now that like we already knew they had issues going on with, with the invasion now we right. know that they have issues with not having their in-game leader here do you think this is a good chance for us to first of all measure how they're going to do without their in-game leader or do you think this is their in deep water like because i was trying to think about this today I, I'm, I'm having a hard time putting my my finger on it because if we compare it to what happened to G2 when they didn't have Alexi, they looked abysmal. They didn't yeah. they didn't look like they had their act together at all. Do you think a similar fate might plague Navi here, or do you think that they have enough depth that they can work around that issue? I think they first of all they have enough individual depth that they they should just be running over some of these like the bot three teams especially. Like I think they should be heavily favored even without uh, without Boomich. I could see them losing to. To Astralis in you know in a closed game or something like that. I think that's that could be a possibility just because you know there could be like one map that's closed, they lose that, and then then it goes to a decider and they uh and it's gonna put them under pressure, right? Like that's one of those situations. But I think in general, like across those three matchups, I think they'll they'll still be favored, just not against Heroic. Okay. Anyone got any other feelings about uh Navi or do we wanna move on from Navi and we can talk about a couple of the other teams here? I feel kind of the same as you, Chad, where you're saying like with Alexi, like that same, I, I kind of feel the same vibes now from what happened with to G2. Mm. I mean, not having your IGL is like hard. And then like the, the situation with the team in general is I, I could easily see like a big upset with them not even making it out of groups. I don't think EG or Complexity are like that bad that everyone's expecting them to do. I think most people are expecting them to get rolled over. They're just such an unknown that they're just going to get owned. But I could easily see it going the other way where there's a massive upset with Navi not even making it out of groups as well. I, I was I was thinking about it, right? Because if if they try and approach one of the issues is Hedrix, for example, plays for the Academy team. It's the same issue they had with Monacy when he went to G2 is the fact that the Academy team doesn't play fucking Nuke. And Nuke is Navi's best map, right? Oh, I was talking true. to Heku about this and she was like, why would the Academy team not play the main team's best map? That actually doesn't make she's she's bang on. It doesn't make any sense. Like that you would want to almost mirror the map pools, right? In case you ever have these situations. So you think about that, right? Maybe they steer clear of nuke because it's going to be a bit too technical for this kid. But also, you if Navi come in and try and play Navi star when they have boomage, it would actually be at their detriment. They should play high-level pugging. Yeah. That's what I think they should do because they have so many skilled individuals, right? That that you you could. Like, and this is probably where it's going to have to be simple grabbing the bull by the horns here, which hopefully doesn't detract. I mean, we're assuming he's going to leave, no? I don't know. Who Who else? I actually don't know if they've ever talked about this before. Because I feel like... Leaving? Um, uh, not leave, but leading. Yeah, lead. calling. Oh, okay. I, I think simple. I mean, got to be simple, right? I don't know. Who else would do it? I, I think it would have to be, right? Or Electronic, he was IGLing for a little bit too. Okay. Oh yeah, it's, it's true. There was some. There was a period where they were kind of like throwing it around, and then uh, he was doing it. So I guess it has to be one of those two. Maybe like combined or whatever. I feel but like I would imagine. Like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's also going to be a test of like how big of an impact Blade has in terms of like setting up what Navi is going to do true. and like giving them, you know, the the script as people have been talking about the, the infamous script and the papers and all that stuff. And can they just use that? And whoever's gonna be calling to just kind of follow what what Blade has in mind, mm. and if you know Boom is just someone there that that is doing a lot actually in game, or is he just you know 
an okay guy following what's been what's been said and what's been laid out by Blake. We're gonna find out, right? Yeah. That's the cool thing. That is actually the cool thing. Like, I don't expect head tricks just to be able to do Boomich's roles because sometimes they're pretty fucking nutty, right? You're just running at a place. I mean, he's a big he's a big space maker, so that's going to be a big problem for Navi, I guess, uh, in in the closer matchups for sure. Because like they, not that they don't have playmakers. Obviously, they have a fuck. They have fucking simple, right? And even Electronic has his moments where he just goes for a play, right? Mm. But Boomich is the just the kind of a guy who will just do whatever it takes, you know, to to open up around, and that's. That's something that I'm not sure that Simple is necessarily uh, super comfortable with or even electronic. So that would be curious to see. Mm. But what okay. is Hedrix's role on the team? Do you guys know like what he does on... I was talking team? to Maui about this just for, for a moment. He was saying he's like a rotating rifler. So in some, in some situations, I could see it being okay. Like I'm just trying to think... So like Nuke, when I think about Boomage on Nuke T side, like he's the guy on top silo who's then dropping top of main or he's following electronic out for the lurk and he'll be the second guy to take that type of space. So I'm just trying to think like it's not, he's not always going to have like a shit job, right? Like he's actually has yeah, Boomage some... has good roles. Yeah. I, I think that it might just be difficult um, uh, like if it just doesn't fit his play style because on, on T side, Boomage is the guy that's pretty aggressive. Like he's... He's pretty balls in for a lot of like the plays that he's making. Um, so if Hetrix isn't uh, like if he's not comfortable doing those types of roles, then it might be difficult. But on Nuke, I was thinking that it could be bad because of like the like what you were saying. But I think that Electronic could be leading him pretty well outside because it's usually that duo outside mm. when they're working that control. So I think Electronic could easily just pick up the slack on that map. But Mirage, I was kind of thinking for that map. It's another one where they're really strong at, and I'm expecting them to probably pick a little bit here. Their T side might be difficult if he's not comfortable with that role. Yeah. I mean, Boomich constantly makes plays around middle and trying to go into connector and shit like that. That's just difficult to play for a new guy for sure. Yeah. It could be one of these things where Simple just goes old school and just fucking drops 30 every game and does shit outside the box too, right? There's I mean, I'm expecting yeah, but... he's just, he's just, he will just take some more initiative in, in that sense where he's just not going to be uh, um, in not necessarily the same roles that he always plays. Yeah. Also, assuming that he's going to lead this team because I think, I mean, it would make the most sense to me, but I would also, I could, I could see it being electronic, I guess. It might be a bit more by committee as well, right? right? And then they're just more liberal with the timeouts. Like they could do a set game plan for the first six rounds, like in almost every scenario, and then, you know, take a timeout and adapt. And the Blade could chime in every so often and shit. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it will also be what level the individuals are at right now as well, because I'm not assuming they're coming in in prime form. Um, I think considering the same kind of thing with 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 players, youngsters, right? Maybe maybe they're at eighty percent or ninety percent, but we'll have to wait and see. That's where the the intangible comes in with this. Okay, uh, we got a couple of other names here to get through. So we did heroic, we did Navi, we did Ago. So we just have three to go now. John, you're seeming quite excited about these North American prospects. If you had to, if you had to put the two up against each other right now, when we get the complexity EG match, who's Pip and who at the post? Uh, I think it's it's a really hard decision. But I could see complexity getting the upset over EG. I don't know like who is considering who as like the underdog, mm. but I think complexity has been playing really well like in our practice games against them. And I think EG is playing well too. But I know that Jake likes to call like a he he's a he's a really good caller and he understands the game so well. But I don't know if like everyone can get on the same page with like the protocols that he wants to enact on the team quick enough where I feel like complexity is a bit more simpler in their style and it's going to be a little bit easier for uh, them as a team to be comfortable um, like playing in these games here. 
Okay. So do, do you think like Stu's calling is a bit more reactive, like Acadian style with like, her, if you're saying they can't get on the page quick enough, or do you think it's about just learning those protocols? Um, I would say, I don't know. I would say more like learning the protocols. I think Jake likes to have, uh, he likes to make sure that like everyone knows exactly like what they should be doing, like in, in certain situations and expects like that to be uh, carried out like the next time. Like if you, if you learn it this time, then the next time, like he definitely expects you to, to know it and to, mm help out with like the calling so he can like keep on getting like his reads of the macro so that's that's what i would say but ct side i don't really feel like they're as aggressive as heroic usually is okay and i would say that he more likes um it's more of like an in-between of an astralis slash heroic style where they like saving nades on ct side but also having a decent amount of mid-round aggression but leaning more on the passiver side okay what what, what do you make of the Breeze and Cirque anomaly here, like their their performance kind of dropped off a bit of a cliff, right? Like, I don't think, I still have faith in both of them. I, don't, I think this might be the last time. I think I say this almost every EG event now, but like, I don't think they're done. Like, I, I think that they still have a, a lot to, to give. Like, I, I, they're not that old. I think they're still very skilled. Did, did you hear anything that maybe you could share as to why they haven't been performing fantastic. And I don't even mean in the current iteration. I mean, like maybe even towards the tail end of it, because I think they're very talented players. I just, I just can't put my finger on why it's not fucking working. Honestly, I don't really have any like deep insights onto them. I can only speculate. Okay. But I feel like with Cirque, it's like kind of difficult because I know that he, uh, he's a really aggressive opper in general, and I don't know. Maybe on like some of the games where he can't get going early, it might be difficult for him. But I know, like when Cirque is on his game, he's going for all those aggro picks. He's he's kind of playing like Cadian when he's just on his game and just going even just balls to the wall. So I don't know. But for Breezy, it kind of I don't think that he's been playing that bad. Uh, like in the mm -hmm. past couple of months, like not what most people I guess are expecting of him since they know like how dominant he can be. But I think that he can get back to his form. It's hard to say really. I don't have a lot of uh, insights on him. I, I, I want to just ask this, right? I remember watching him play and they had him as the long anchor on Dust 2. So I would like build that up as like, wow, you've got such a strong long player on Dust. Do you think it's a mistake to put a player like that strong in such a static position? No, not necessarily. I think that it's more of a play style thing because okay. you want your most active, talkative players, people that are reading the game, making the the read if they want to stack on some certain site. They, you want those types of players in your rotating roles. And you want the ones that are going to be alive for the retakes, are going to be alive for the, the site hits, the ones that are getting like those those fights um, alive most of the time. And on long, on Dust2, I mean, he's going to be getting fights whenever they're going to be coming out long. He's going to be there for the retakes, having strong duels, right eye peeking from the long side, and not really you know getting timings or anything. And he's not having to like make those plays. And I feel like on a lot of the maps, he is like that anchor, just like holding it down. And he excels really well at that, like Pits on Inferno, for example. We've seen like a lot of great stuff from him there. Mm. Okay. Boys, what do we think? A striker, who do you think is going to come out on top of this uh, domestic beef, EG or Complexity? complexity. I, I would say I agree with the, with Complexity there. There's even an interview with Junior that we're going to release like very, very soon. Okay. Where he says they're the best team, but then clarifies they're the best NA team, then clarifies that them and Liquid are 50-50. So that's interesting. <laughs> Okay. We'll, we'll see. 50 50 with we'll liquid. Yeah. Soon. What the fuck? Where's that coming from? Interesting. I say I say EG, so okay. just okay. for the record. Um, Why? Because because complexity Here we go. 
still didn't sell me overall as just like i don't know i i seeing them uh, to be honest they always have some of these like stupid issues travel whatever then a team player is missing then there's always something <laughs> going their on fault there. That's <laughs> like, their but fault. but when they but when they come and play like i'm just saying the, the games that they played there was blast wasn't that amazing and yeah katowice they didn't they play make it i saw, saw them somewhere else there was some online tournament that they played it was also like man they're like an okay team but i don't see them being even close to liquid for example and then i have some faith in eg actually especially the coach carter thing that sold me completely that's yeah he's in the movie i don't know but, <laughs> but if there's a movie about a guy he must be fucking amazing. watch the movie it's a great film yeah. what were you going to say before I, I interrupted you with a question i think we have i have like one question for elise i don't know if we're gonna you know oh, go that's to right play it's been two hours yes it's, been, uh, Elise, it's okay it's okay all right. Yeah. Oh, he's enjoying his time then. That's good, you know. See? Right. Um, What's the question yeah. you got for him? Okay. So this is the question. Essentially, we announced the episode. We asked for questions. And then about 25% was just like 0 0.06. Okay. Move on. Then like 25 to 35% of the questions was essentially, um, Elise is toxic. Elise is the, the guy question. to... To, to blame for all of the all of the issues on liquid in the last two years uh stuff along those lines there's a lot of just the vibe in the community at the moment seems to be at least from a good part of it is like okay at least the problematic person on a team blah blah uh twists had a couple of interviews recently actually i'd say probably putting you in a more positive light than that people probably didn't watch it but essentially, how do you how do you feel about this sentiment from the from the community, mostly from like from fans, right, right, right now? Um, I mean, I definitely haven't been like the most perfect teammate, as I was kind of like talking about earlier in the show uh, today, just uh, talking about like how it was just really hard for me in like a personal way last year, where I wasn't able to be like the best teammate that I possibly could have. I do think that it was a little bit overblown with, um, you know, completely giving me the blame. Um, and I had like the interview afterwards where I was like, oh, I was just like, kind of like, man, it's, I mean, I know that I haven't been perfect, but shit, <laughs> it's a kind of a lot, you know, like people are really extreme, like one direction or the other. Um, so it was kind of just like bugging me. And I said that in the interview and obviously people didn't like that fair as not a very good uh, interview answer. Um, so it's not completely unwarranted. Um, I guess where else should I go with this? Uh, I guess uh, this is this is another question that I actually have. In terms of like, let's say last year, um, Naf is a player that just like skates by in all of these discussions. Like he's the quiet guy, doesn't do a lot of talking, doesn't do a lot of big media, but also is not a player that gets any responsibility for any of the let's say the issues that that the team had over the last year so how does how does that work out like is it really that he is a guy that just like goes with the flow of the team or is there yeah how, where does he come in with all of the kind of the difficulties that the team had over the over the last year um i would say that keith pretty much doesn't have like any problems with that type of stuff um, like pretty much whatsoever. He's really easy uh, to work with, um, with anything that you need. Um, I think that he has a very like flexible uh, life balance, I guess, because um, he, he like his personal stuff is all pretty good and easy, easy to work with for him. So it's not really like a problem. And he's always 
saying, oh, well, whatever the team needs to do, we're pretty much good with. Like, you know, he's just always just like, you know me, like no problems here, pretty much type of guy. And uh, in the team, whatever role that he's that he has to do, he'll he'll do it. He's always down to like make people feel more comfortable, take what, whichever role. And he has like a lot of the more boring roles, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Keith has been like a, a really good teammate throughout like the whole uh, online era doing everything. And I, 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 I mean, you can't really say anything bad, really. I can just, I'm not watching the chat, but I can just imagine what's going on up there. For all of us. <laughs> yeah. The sloths to the back. Quite a few sloths. Oh, boys, we didn't. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Chad, take it away. We didn't, we didn't say the top three, but we're, I guess we were close, right? Because you said EG, and the other two said complexity, and I don't think we think Ego. Nobody thinks Astralis are going through? Or? Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about Astralis. Ah, well, we'll yeah. talk about them next week. We can talk we about them, and we can play. just finish off with them, right? Okay, it's not right, like we right, have right. so much to talk about. Yeah, well, the only other thing I wanted to quickly address here was, uh, obviously, when Stika did the did a show with Richard Lewis, like I think it was like a week or a week and a half ago, right? And okay. Stika was talking about the, the coaching bug thing, and he was bringing up something to do with that. And then Richard's released an article today, right? Uh, to do with, and then Mihal's put out some tweets, Mr. Slavinsky, if you want to check him out, um, some tweets about the different types of coaching bugs that are available. Now, we don't have uh, the information that Richard has and what Mihal has, right? Because Mihal said he's nope. given it all to Isik. Um, my, my question here is, how can there be 52 more coaches? Is it We have to have some overlap here, boys. Yeah, 100%. Like there, there has, has to be. How can there be fifty-two new coaches? I mean, it's just different. It's just different types of bugs, right? That they didn't necessarily know how to deal with, and that's why it's taken them so long. Obviously, you know, fucking it. It has been a year or something since uh, they apparently finalized like that, or at so least Mihal just gave them all the all these uh, all these instances, right? What's so I don't on? know what the hell is the whole. Well, up. they're apparently doing uh, soon. They're doing an event in uh, in the UK, I think. Who is it? Yeah. yeah. There, uh, your boy Carmack is going to be there doing like some speeches and shit. So maybe that's why they didn't have. But time. they wanted to save it for that. Or you're saying they're no, too busy doing? No, I'm just they're they're probably too busy. I'm not saying they're too busy doing that, but they're obviously kind of splitting their attention a bit, which might not look super well in the eyes of the of the public. This is the uh, problem. Here's the problem. Because we have to address this. We don't have all the information yet. We need the information. We but need one to of the speculate, things is yes. we have to well, but here's the thing. Like I'm not I'm not speculating, but if if we have a body or an institute that is in place to deal with this shit, and then they're only here sometimes, uh, is that the person we want to be the judge and executioner of our scene? Like I don't know anymore. I'm a little bit I want somebody to be coming in and and you know, obviously making sure there's no bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. This is, it's like yeah. they're like half in, half out. Toes are kind of in the water, but they're not like fully in. And I don't know. I feel like I've like read some things that like I'm not really sure if it's completely there. Like some oceanic guys that like got banned for for like match fixing, but they didn't get like any of their like messages responded to. And how do we like determine if they should be banned? Like why should they be banned? It's, oh. it's not like transparent or enough work being done, in my opinion. Um, for the level of power, um, like if, if they're going to go like super into it and they're going to uh, like have the power, then I feel like there should be a lot more to it. Yeah, I feel yeah. like we're, we're just missing consistency. That seems to be the key here. Just yeah. some consistency yeah. in all of it. Now, obviously, we don't have enough of the information right now. I'm hoping it gets released soon and then we can actually have a proper conversation. But I just figured we should bring this to everybody's attention that there will likely be more news coming about about this soon. 
And we wanted to keep this show to a relative time this time, guys. We're not going to run over. We're not going to go crazy. So I'm actually really quite content. Did we have any more questions for Liege before we wanted to shut this down for tonight? Because this is we've actually kept it reasonable for once. Mm, I think we kind of went over everything. Okay. One thing, one thing actually I feel like we haven't really touched on is Nick and generally him going back to kind of like a more rifle position rather than opping. I know we touched on it from like the OC perspective, but not necessarily from his. So can you speak to that on how much of a struggle it's been for him? Because obviously at the start of Liquid, like, you know, he was kind of like in the entry role and we knew him to be a rifler, but then he had to kind of transition as the years went by, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's been kind of even like a thing for him where, uh, you know, as the opper on most T-sides, you are just a support player. Um, because you're when you're doing executes, of course, like you know, there's some situations where the opera is going to be going first. But in general, on executes, you're not going to have your opera going first, and he's going to be throwing nades. So he, in general, is going to be doing more of the supportive roles. And we've even changed some of like the spots where when Nick came back, he kind of wanted to do some of the more like heavy aggro entry stuff, like um, like me and him used to do back in the day. But I feel like his playstyle has definitely you know, shifted and like stayed at like the supportive element that he was when he was an opper. So I think that's something that like he's um, been adjusting to. He kind of thought that he was going to be like the the super aggro guy when he came in. And now after playing for a little bit, he's more like seeing himself just naturally shifting over towards those roles, um, kind of feeling out what type of IGL like he wants to be, like what fits the team. Because, you know, there's a couple different types of IGLs that you can be, right? Um, there's like Naphany, where he, you know, he's the crazy guy, but he's going to be in a, like a lot of other positions. He's going to be trying to take that space. And, you know, Boomich, he's kind of similar to Kerrigan in a way where, you know, Kerrigan is really like into the executes. He's the aggressive entryer. And I would say Boomich is pretty similar. Of course, on some maps, he is lurking too. And, you know, Nick is trying to find like his spot, like where he thinks that he can have the best calls and reads while playing his natural style. So I guess... It's kind of hard to say like how how uh he's um like what he's feeling exactly about it like where he's still trying to figure it out himself but i guess that's like the general like thoughts of like how it's going all right here's what we're gonna do we got uh i'm gonna give you three here alige and then we're done you ready we're gonna uh, i'll give you one at a time the first one why do you use default skins with name tags <laughs> i've actually answered this question like two times in the last week actually it's kind of funny um, so I actually use those skins because when in 2015, I remember I picked up a gun off the ground that was named StatTrack M4A4 X-Ray, but it was not a StatTrack M4A4 X-Ray. And I thought it was so, I thought it was just such a good idea. <laughs> and then I also am like that type of guy when like you're in a game and you want to get like the coolest stuff, like every time, like you want to have like the best, you know, best USP skin, best Deagle skin. And, you know, over the years, if that was actually what I kept on doing, I'd, I wouldn't have very much money. So, because <laughs> you're always changing what you like, what's, what's your favorite skin. So I kind of just like combined that back then in 2015. And I was like, okay, I like how the default skins look. And I, and I also want to not lose all my money. And I know how I am with that stuff. So that's why I chose to use default skins. Okay, nice. All right. Number two. What? Because people at home, they want to know it. It's going to, and if we did it, it'd be boring. So you're going to do it. Your analysis of the new Astralis roster without even seeing them play, because people want to hear what your opinion is going to be of something before you've even witnessed it happen. So right now, <laughs> you need to be God 
and uh, omnipresent and, and work out what you think about the, the future and the past, yeah, yeah as well. Because yeah. right. people want you to say the, ge the generalities right here. They, they want the broad strokes. This is what they sign up for. Yeah, the, the general thoughts questions that you get from chat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think that they are so streaky and they had like that one good event and then they kind of like fell off, like especially config, like he's kind of like the aggro guy that was making things happen and he hasn't like played as well as most people would expect from him. And we do have like a lot of expectations for him since we know his ceiling. Um, I don't, I don't really know if they're going to be able to just like snap it back into gear just by making a change uh, like that. So simple. But I don't think that they're going to be, you know, just falling off the edge of the world either. I think that they, I mean, I don't really know like how good that they're going to be playing, but I'm not sure. Okay, perfect. And there we go. third and final, uh, this is the moment in the show where, you know, you can say anything you want to anybody out there. You can, you can plug anything. I don't, players don't really have anything to plug. But uh, if you want to say anything to anybody, the, the fans, the sponsors, whatever, this is, this is your time. Yeah, uh, so thanks everyone for watching. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, follow my YouTube. Nice. I always am trying to get out my comms videos out there when I can. I, I was trying to do like a lot of tutorial videos, but it's actually really hard to keep up with that, especially for like what you want to get out of it. But uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks to everyone. That stuff you did with Freakazoid was fucking awesome. I loved watching that. That was really <laughs> good. That content was great. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I thought that it was cool just like seeing him being like intrigued about like wanting to like learn more about that stuff. And I, I've thought about different ways like of helping like the NA scene. And I'm I'm kind of like thinking about which ways I could do to help it because honestly, unless like someone teaches that type of stuff, like how how are they going to learn? So mm -hmm. I'm trying to like think of the best way that I could do that exactly. I was thinking maybe doing like match reviews of like people playing in their matches and giving them advice on it. But it's really hard to figure out what to do to help exactly. I, I think the thing you did with Freakazoid because he's a perfect personality to do that with. Like he's a super nice guy and he was genuinely interested in learning it. That's why I thought it was because it was like yeah. you were talking to, to a, to a Counter-Strike player because you were. Uh, yeah. And you were talking to somebody who was a professional not that long ago as well. I really enjoyed that. Anyway, I'm blagging on. I don't want to keep the show going any longer. Let's shut it down. So a big thank you to Elise for coming on. Thank you for joining us here tonight. Striker and Prof, give us a nod. Lucas, say something. Hello? Nope. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> thank you to the sponsors, Extra Fire and BitSkids. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We don't know when the next show is going to be. We'll have to work that out. There's going to be a lot of moving parts coming up in the weeks to come. Uh, but we'll see you next time, and good night. Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4, their fourth generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify, no regrets, guaranteed. Stuck ranking up? Lost the motivation to grind? 
bored of clicking heads on AIM maps? Get some colour into your game. Bitskins.com. Buying and selling skins made easy. Tons of payment methods and instant cash outs. Just choose your dream skins, select your preferred payment method and start grinding again. If you want to play like the pros, you've got to look like the pros. 